Secret rendezvous. Hello and welcome to the Salacast on uh, Sunday, the 25th of March, 2018. I'm your host, Dan Train. Join me today, Zachary Burgess. Season 9. And Robert Kemp. <laughs> Did you enjoy I hope you enjoyed that new uh, intro, listeners. I mean, enjoy is probably a bit strong. <laughs> I hope you listen to it with your ears. <laughs> I hope you listen to it. If you're listening to this, you probably listen to that. Just moments ago. If listen that, not quite. Doesn't quite. <laughs> Are you trying to make a pun on if this then that? So it sounded that that was pretty much what you said. But if if you listen to that, then <laughs> if listen that, then if you like that, then you'll love this, or maybe the other way around. <laughs> I don't know why I was suddenly going into get up, get up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like a, like, a person. <laughs> like, a, like a person. <laughs> like a person. We are so much like persons right now. I'm taking on the corporeal form of a person. Get on the scene. Like Get a person. <laughs> like a person, yeah. We are people on the scene. What's happening, people? Uh, not much. I heard you went through some pains to create that intro. It was... Um, Eye-opening, just how out of key my uh, my voice is. <laughs> Eye-opening or ear-closing? <laughs> I mean, that's probably the reaction one should have, right? They sort of, <laughs> your face opens in shock, but then... Apart from the ears, which is Yeah, then your... Parts of your face open, parts closed. Well, no, I think it's involuntary finger action to plug them. So that happens. Uh, yeah, there's there's an awful lot of auto tune and vocoding going on. That's all, that's all I'm gonna say. I, it's it was it was quite painful. How many takes on the whistle? Uh, only one, actually. Sweet. Oh no, wait, no, Straight that was through. the second. Well, it was one take where I did it. Right, so the way I was doing it is I often just left the mic running for a while and I just did loads and loads and loads. Yeah. Because the idea was I'd layered up a lot of them, so it was like. Um, so it auto tuned itself essentially. Well, no. Well, if you well, stack on top of each other, it kind of averages it out to some extent. Well, actually, no, no, all it does is just highlight the dissonance, right? <laughs> well, it depends how bad it is. Yeah. Double tracking, <laughs> it's like a. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, well, I think the bars, like, there's like six of them at the same time. Um, just, to, just to get that. And, and, and there's a lot of pitch down, you know, pitching things down so it doesn't sound quite so much like me. Um, <laughs> Some some formant modifications and uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot there's a lot going on, just to make it somewhat listenable. Formant. Yeah, that's that effect. I don't know if yeah. you've ever heard that effect where they word, don't. Yeah. yeah, where they don't. They're not really pitching it, but it's what makes it sound like you go deep. Um, and yeah, I don't quite know how it works exactly, but um, I don't know. Tiny temp. There's a there's a Swedish house mafia and tiny temper track where they do it, and he starts off all. Yeah. He actually turns up sounding like normal tiny temper by the end of it, but it's not pitching it. It's not pitching it. That's a Ooh. that's a formant modification, which is which is odd. Pro. Mm. <laughs> well, okay. So you guys, if you listen to our show, you'll get to hear that every two weeks. Yep, for a whole year. <laughs> the power I wield because it is season nine. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time, quite a long time. Just, just put it out there. 
We could have started earlier, to be fair. If you I mean, we could have done. <laughs> if we did, this would be way bigger than it is now. If, if like, we were on the cusp of the podcast age and we'd been smart about it and, you know, web hosting would have been affordable, yeah. then... <laughs> we, we well, I guess we had... Well, no, yeah, I was going to say, I guess we had quite a lot of data on the original Happy Sound site, but only compared to the time, not compared to, like, audio files. No. <laughs> There'd have been a lot of low-quality, tiny JPEGs. <laughs> Man, if we'd started then, then, well, that was around when the iPod came out, wasn't it? Like 2001 or whatever. Yeah, about then. Yeah. Well, even if we'd started when we went to university, we would have, I don't think we'd have had the equipment, we'd have been able to really do it, would we? It would have, it would have sounded a lot worse than it does now. That's true. (laughs) Well, I mean, we, uh, we did still all have mics for communicating over the internet. I mean, we haven't actually changed anything about our setup in the, the entire time we've done this even though we really need to pointing at Rob's mic <laughs> yeah. yeah well I've got plans for that as well but it does involve because uh, been... <laughs> it involves effort yeah as always Kip, Kippus has enough equipment for us to use in theory but we, that we can because that he doesn't no longer uses because you know Kippus just has stuff yeah um but if I, you know, got some invested in some decent mic stands and figured out how to interface this thing, Zach and I could at least sound as crisp as Dan does. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. We did switch from Goldwave to Audacity five years ago, whatever that was. Well, because we had too many occasions where we lost the entire file. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, RAM recording, not as good as hard disk recording. No. You're going to stream that stuff down to the... Durable. Yeah, are, we, are we are we going to stream this stuff? <laughs> I mean, we need cameras, I guess, to make like because all streaming happens with cameras. These no, days. I just mean we're streaming the data to the hard disk. Is that as the we, next step of Happy Salad? We're, we're, all, we're all filmed on Google Hangout. I mean, we well, tried that, but that is the solid videos. <laughs> we'll just go on Twitch. Oh yeah, but <laughs> we had a camera for a short period of time. Yeah, but for the Didn't way we do, good. but for the way we do these, well, <laughs> yeah, I need a I need a webcam that functions for starters, yes. or, or we start using my laptop. But that, that um, yeah, that's that, that's probably that's at least as bad as a webcam. Yeah, well, that laptop webcam's actually all right, but but it's uh, you know then we'd have to somehow rig the recording to happen on the laptop. And what did the, the streaming PC the streaming guys thing. on Twitch or whatever the relative well, semi-pro just buy guys? A webcam. Yeah, do they actually <laughs> use webcams or do they use like? I don't know, like basically camcorders that are attached directly or something. Just a GoPro. Yeah, or something better, like a GoPro. Well, something with you need something that can at least provide a direct feed to the PC, I guess, and and with as little latency as possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, at one point, I was running a webcam that I could theoretically put into a, you know, do what streamers do, overlay into an OBS. Before that was a thing that happened, but <laughs> like I had technically had the ability to do that before it was a big thing. The thing, the, well, the thing about this streaming thing, I mean, I guess it's the, the only way to make this like streamers know that it's you. Uh, you know, it's I guess it's a way of just marketing yourself more than like actually being because well, who watches that little picture? Well, it's like it's making the the video footage yours, yeah, other than rather than just having the straight up game feed being the entire screen all the time, and that's it. Sure, but it's but. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to watch streams like that. I don't want to watch streams with a face in them. Like, Some of them aren't so bad. When, when, it it, I mean, it was fine in our Sonic stuff because it was all off to the side, right? And didn't actually encroach on the gate area. It's like, well, I mean, that's the constant problem with those kind of streams where people are like, which part of the stream can I obscure? Yeah. Where's the least important part of this interface that it won't matter if I cover up? <laughs> I just, yeah. 
not I'm not too much of a fan. I mean, I know we've got funny faces and all that, but I mean, it's then we probably need a proper green quite... screen. And, well, yeah, and that's the actual. Problem. And I don't want to set that up in my living room. No. <laughs> I think it's all good it's like, as is. It's, it's fine yeah. when people have their faces on a thing. The ones that are worse are where it's like it's not just the face gab. It's like. You've you've shrunk the actual game screen, and now you've got like sidebars and bottom bars that just have bullshit Twitch shit happening all the no, time. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, <laughs> stop that. Don't like that stuff. <laughs> Face cam is acceptable at this point, but all this other bullshit, mm. no. Hey, congrats on subscribing. Yeah, well, I mean that's just annoying in general. Mm. Constant interaction. What do you say, chat? Yeah, exactly. Chat says nothing. Our chat is respectful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not existent. Truly respectful. <laughs> it's the only way it can be be respectful by being non-existent. No, be, yeah, be silent. Oh, what was I talking? Oh, I was talking about seeing thieves on a forum post mm. where because I saw a, I saw a thing on the BBC web page which was a always a bad sign. Yeah. The BBC don't report on games well at all. It was a clearly bullshit piece of reporting where it's like Sea of Thieves new game Sea of Thieves devs are trying to remove toxic behaviour from their game oh, by how? doing vague things that we're not actually going to tell us it, because it's is this a like crappy that old, interview is this like that old Penny Arcade sketch where they were like talking about early Xbox Live and it's like hey it's so smart now we, we can we can filter out uh, bad <laughs> words before they're even considered bad words yeah what have we got Ham Doctor <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> Yeah, it was. This- I mean, just still love as a phrase. <laughs> You're not allowed to say ham doctor. Oh dear. No. <laughs> but it was this terrible interview, obviously, where they talked to some of the developers of CFEs and they basically said nothing. It was like, I mean, yeah, we can, we've, we've developed systems to prevent toxic behaviour, which we're not going to go into at all in this in fairness, five minute interview, obviously, because that's not a thing we can explain in any possible way. In fairness, modern cynical Rob thinks that is all news. <laughs> there is no news. They no, just sort of vaguely yes, exactly, say something's happened and then leave out all the key details. But then it's like, you know, oh, okay, yeah, that's true. For a second, mm-hmm. let's and, get but not, top go. But not in an important way. Okay. You know that thing recently where they said about uh, was it Ant McPartland or whatever had his had a, had a driving. McPartland. <laughs> What's that real David person? No, no, Dick McPartland. It's the other one. One of those two. One of Ant and Dick. Yeah. If you remember the rest of their names. I think it was Dick. Right. Anyway, whatever. One of them had a drink driving. Yeah. Thing the one he's had problems in the past. It, but, but it was like the report I heard wasn't that it's like yes, okay, of course it was him, right? It was the it was the implication? But the report never actually said that. They just said. He was in a some sort of incident, and there was a drink driving charge. But it didn't say whether it was him that had like, had the driving charge. We're sort of listening to this, going, "Okay, yeah, you can imply that it was him because of his previous, but you haven't said that. You just said you've been, he's been in an incident where there's well, been some sort of you, suspected drink driving." I think when you're talking about an incident, incident and you've named a person, it's implied automatically that they are the one that caused the and, incident, but that they were the victim of but the incident. The, but here's the thing, like, why word it ambiguously then? Like, like because all news is like, okay, we could we could imply that because he's had previous and da 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 da, that, that one's slightly well, easier. Not, but all news not implied, is like that. It's not implied by the fact that he's had previous, it's implied by the fact that he's the name in the story. It's the, That's just the way, if you well, no, if but you put the, a name in the news story, that means that it's about that person. But, but then you could imply very, the same thing as like, like most celebrity bullcrap news where it's just like oh hey like this person has been in a thing isn't that it, it, and it was him and then they're like no, totally, like, I had nothing to do with this I was just there <laughs> well I mean sometimes they do that but it's not like I'm not sure they it's news because it's a celebrity it but anyway <laughs> yeah, the CFB's thing yeah 
Sorry. But anyway, I, I just noticed that happens a lot. So I saw that bullshit BBC story and I was on the forum post where people were talking about Sea of Thieves and I was like, <laughs> it was like, I saw the early trailers of Sea of Thieves and I automatically fought griefing. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And now the BBC come along and like, the developers are rare trying to talk to me about it. But then what one of the developers actually said, which was hilarious. 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 Was one of the developers basically said, there's absolutely no reason in our, there's no reason or motivation in our game to do anything other than cooperate. And it's like, do you not understand the internet even slightly? <laughs> it doesn't matter if there's reason or motivation to cooperate or not. Someone is going to go in there just to fuck with people. Of <laughs> you know, course, yeah. that's the whole yeah. fun, isn't it? <laughs> well, the, 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 literally, the first, also, the first report about Sea of Thieves I read once it, after it had come out was literally... The, 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 the if first... you join the server, you're in the brig because people are basically in the brig if you join a random server. Well, not, not just that. <laughs> that. that. That was also in the same thing. But there was um, uh, basically like the first experience this guy had online, which was everyone calling him a well, I see, okay. <laughs> and various variants of, yeah, of that. As you do, but it's just like I'm not. I'm not. I know we're a sweary podcast, but I'm not going there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but no, it's like apart from the fact that it's like, do you not understand the internet? Also, your game is PvP. Technically, except it's sort of okay. I'll talk about it. I'm going to yeah. talk about Sea of Thieves later, but it's, like, it's sort it's, of not. Technically, it has PvP, which just automatically means griefing can happen. It's not even whether it's intended to work certain ways. It's just the ability for it to happen. Oh, I'll give them that. <laughs> I'll give them that credit. Yeah, there is. He's right in that there is no incentive to PvP except for you can potentially steal the stuff off of, off their boat yeah. before they cash it in. Yeah. Um, that you know, death has no consequence. <laughs> Killing has no benefit. But like, um, you, like that's the you, you don't understand the internet part where it's like, not even if you couldn't steal it, people would still destroy you just to fuck you up. They mm-hmm. don't care about profit on their side. They only want to fuck your shit. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that's that's how the internet works. Yeah, you don't you don't know, <laughs> trolling is its own game <laughs> on the internet. So yeah, that was a funny. Funny news story. Yeah, with a funny quote. I, I, which can, I, I can see what you're going for, but <laughs> but boy, if if that's what Rare actually was trying to do legitimately, they have underestimated the power of the internet. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably. I mean, that whole interview obviously was like a, a marketing thing on the point on the part of Rare, the, who know that. Like yeah. the people reading oh, that sure. are like mums and stuff, so they're going to say, well, "Oh yeah, our game is super nice see, or whatever." See, see if people will be fine for little Billy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, that's the idea. And then they'll sell more copies. It does that. Right, they're penis muncher. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hi, hi, mummy, Do you want to hear my pirate name? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid. Like um, <laughs> that's not a good way to start this story. <laughs> my mum didn't want me. Talking about my terrible childhood <laughs> names. When I was a kid and I was abused, it was like no, not that bad. But I, I remember being like, uh, my grasp of some of the slang elements of the English language was not great for quite a long period of time. So yeah, when, that's... so when I was being repeatedly called slasher for no apparent reason. I can't remember when this was. This was like quite young. I, was like, I didn't know slash was a term, you know, for take it, taking a, taking a pee. 
And they were just like, they were calling me that and going, hey, pees everywhere. Uh, it's like, it's really bad. Were they? Like, I mean, yeah. that, that, that doesn't no, even I seem for... like a thing that children would know. I know. Slasher means like, like freaking murderer. murderer with a knife, does it? I know, I know. So that's why I was, that's, and that was my interpretation. I was like, this is pretty badass. But yeah. Then, of course, slasher. you know, kids and trolls being idiots. They were just like, hey, pees everywhere. <laughs> yeah, stupid thing. That doesn't even seem like a thing that should happen. I mean, I know, even, but that's no, that's, that's the nature of trolls, right? Well, I'm not even talking about trolls, I'm talking about children. It's like, how would they <laughs> come to know that? I have no idea. And how would, you, how would people well, this at the, the same time not know that? Venice, this was the, well, this was the only way I learned about it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm like, what, really? And like, what what age is that slang even from? Like, what, What's where does, taking a slang? Yeah, where, where, where does, does that come, come from? from? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the etymology of... Slash. It sounds like an 80s slang, but that's just how it sounds. Well, you're just thinking because of Slash. Well, you're that too. Trickin' <laughs> <laughs> Slash took a Slash, and therefore that was became... That's like, from, called that could slash. well be where his nickname came from. What, that Slash, well, the slash was just some, a massive ball some, of piss? Well, there's some, some <laughs> early early backstage show where he's like I really need a piss but then that was like there's only this roadie becomes, bucket you know it's the thing that it's the classic way that people get stupid nicknames where it's like one <laughs> thing happens one time and then everyone latches onto it and that's just it uh, <laughs> you'll just call that forever I guess yeah. <laughs> such as nicknames I don't know anyway anyway our random section diverted immediately into games there was something I wanted to bring up for random. I don't think this will be incredibly unsurprising. Kettle disasters? Yep. Oh my wow. god. <laughs> Guess what we got in our kitchen? A new kettle? Yep. Wait, what's the what? So wait, so wait, what kitchen happened to the last update. kettle? Because <laughs> it wasn't the last kettle relatively new. Yep, it was. So what happened? Well, you may remember too when loud. I last talked about that kettle. Yeah, it was too loud. Yeah. And apparently that eventually became, well, basically a new kettle was transitioning through our house on the way to its destination. <laughs> on the way. <laughs> on the way to its destination. But, but it, that, once that te- kettle had been tested, it was discovered that this new kettle was way quieter. So it's like, we're keeping this one and we'll just send our one. We'll send that for Down some. along the Underground Railroad or whatever. Just going down the old Underground Port Pike and Bayabouts. <laughs> yes. Callback. <laughs> the extreme callback. <laughs> but like, so yes, this new kettle is way quieter. Guess what it looks like? A kettle? It looks like cheap ass white plastic. What a surprise. Wow. The kettle design that is a lot quieter is the classic kettle design that's that way for a reason. Damn. And what about the other, um, you know, properties of this kettle? Does it satisfy another? I mean, is it modern? It doesn't is really it, it boil any faster. Okay. So that's not really changed. It's it's one major flaw is the spout is slightly too small, so it like pours quite slowly. So it's one major flaw is that it's made of white plastic, but you know, carry on. It's not a problem. <laughs> it could be made of black plastic, I guess. That maybe improve things. Maybe. Except black radiate heat better, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if hmm. having the white is actually insulating. That's that I don't think in that respect, right? Probably not. No, because like, the, the colour thing is only due to light, right? It's like light hitting it. Well, it doesn't, I mean, it would, white doesn't radiate any differently from well, black. Well, black would radiate body, isn't it? better, yeah. but I'm not sure how much influence that has in like atmospheric 
it's only in space that radiation really matters for heat distribution. Mm. Whereas in atmosphere, you're getting a lot of convection and shit, and that may not change because it's off the surface of the plastic. I don't know. Interesting. Either way, you pretty much like <laughs> yeah, the zombie uh, you pretty much pour out the, <laughs> the water once it's boiled. Anyway, you don't need it to stay warm in the kettle for no, that period. And it's like if you're thinking about the heat loss during the boiling process, that's such a short period of time. Yeah, probably is irrelevant. <laughs> De- definitely irrelevant. All right. I mean, the kettle probably stays hotter for longer after you're boiling, so maybe that's a safety issue. How quiet is this kettle, though? Like significantly quieter than the last one. Right. Yeah. It's like before the previous one. If someone else was in the kitchen, they couldn't hear you say something to them. <laughs> yeah. Speaking volume, really. really. Yeah. <laughs> if you were standing yeah. next to the kettle, is it just yeah. quieter just because it's got a smaller heat pad? Is it more? Like, I tell you, it's it the metal. Con- it's the metal design makes it makes it amplify the sound a lot worse. Well, you see, I reckon, or like at least with like mine, where it's like a, a cone shaped. I reckon that's like the heat. The bit Why, that, like a bigger the element place. must be massive, right? Yeah, maybe. Um, so this probably causes a lot of noise because it's covering more surface area. Um, but then, and then maybe, and then maybe because it's got the metal shell as well. That because some of the metal gets hot, that perhaps that element is larger than you know the, the actual yeah, the actual total. So in theory, you're getting that faster boil, perhaps. But that might explain a lot more of the noise. Yes, maybe. <laughs> Hello to our American listeners who can't have kettles. <laughs> well, they can have kettles. They do have so. kettles. They're just like... <laughs> well, yeah, they're bad. Does it mean they can't have, like, plug-in electric heaters as well? Like, Probably they're pathetic, yeah. Well, they have a lot of air conditioners, but those are always mains-wired, right? That's yeah, they're wired that's in, different yeah. voltage. But then, is their entire mains only running at, what, 110 volts, or...? Yeah, but well, I, well, I, I guess, or I guess like, or would they... like uh, is there like when you're directly wiring into the mains, is there an actual separate like higher voltage wire you can get for that? Yeah. Well, I think they, I think I read that they double up and stuff on. Although we do, don't we? On on like appliances and things like things no. that draw a lot of power, like um, you or, 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 or yeah, like that. electric like, ovens can do. Well, so. ovens. Ovens technically, I, I literally I mean, watched a video about this before I came here, coincidentally. <laughs> watched a video about electrical wiring in the UK versus the US, which is weird. That's convenient. Yeah. Oh, typical. Okay. <laughs> but like, How weird. Apparently, it's because of the way our ring mains work. Mm. Yeah. Basically, you have 26 amps on the ring main, which means theoretically you can plug in two 13-amp things simultaneously and it won't blow the circuit. Sure. But the the cookers are wired, cookers and the like that are wired directly in are wired into thirty two amps at the mains, so they can technically get more. Uh, right, so that's probably why they're on a. I mean, I know I knew they were always had their own isolator and things like that. But, yeah, yeah, that's why they're wired directly into the junction box that comes into your house. Interesting, because <laughs> they can pull slightly more. But they're on the same. If you were to go to your fuse box, like especially the modern one, like mine, where you've got like all the different. Rings, I suppose. Yeah. That you can like it just counts as a socket device. Yeah, but it's not really right. It's not. It's not attached to the rings. But it's still all going through that same switch in the fuse box. If you the one big switch is the one that connects you to the outside. That's not. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, all the individual little ones. Like, yeah, so it'd be on one of the socket rings on, no. on that. 
those are those are, those are just breakers. They're not fused or anything. So it's just literally a wire goes out of that to a wire that sometimes is. A well, I know they're breakers, but it's the equivalent is a, of a fuse, right? Because it's not actually a fuse box anymore. Well, but, kinda. Yeah. But it's like the wires that come out of there. The ones that go to rings go to rings, and the ones that don't don't. But it's like that box doesn't necessarily control the voltage or amplitude. No, no, no. So what you're what you're saying is, is like okay, that that may. So say my socket ring downstairs has the one switch, and the oven's attached to that. Somewhere after the breaker, there's got to be something that splits that feed into. I don't know if your oven the low low power and the, the high power ring, same ring though. I think it is on ours. Because, I mean, ovens always have an, another wall switch. They do, yeah. That's required. But, you know, if I, I, flip, know if I flip that switch, my oven turns off. Is that's, that's all I know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's the part that's less modern versions of this, maybe. Unless, unless, unless I'm, yeah, unless I'm not on a high-power one. Maybe the modern, my modern one doesn't have a high-power ring for some reason. Or, and that's how it's done. Yes. I literally just watched a video about that for some reason. I don't remember what I was trying to look up. I think it was just on my recommendeds. I was like, I look up a video about how English plug sockets are awesome. How does it actually? Yeah, why, <laughs> why we have the we definitely have the best sockets. Come on. Yeah. It's like they may be larger, but we have a friggin' earth plug <laughs> for a start. We not, not that the American ones don't sometimes have earths. And not that, but our earths are better designed as well. Well, the whole plug is better designed, <laughs> yeah. right? Because you can't just stick your fingers in it. Yep. I've never <laughs> stood on an upturned plug, though. That's supposed to be the disadvantage. <laughs> Who I mean, leaves un- unplugged things I know, that's what I wonder. <laughs> I, I mean, I have. <laughs> because I think I probably have as well. But like, this is, Well, not to get all sexist for a second, but, but, you know, this is the disadvantage sometimes of living with a lady because, you know, they have, like, hair dryers and hair straighteners and things that individually plug in and I they guess. just sort of leave them lying around. I guess. And I'm the sort of person that doesn't like them being left plug in because they're high power yeah. devices that can Clients. go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same situation as like when people talk about stepping on Lego. It's like yes. you don't do that unless you have children. <laughs> you just leave it lying around all over the place. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I have, but that was whilst I was actually doing or, something. Or weird you are though, a child. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm more likely to stand on a cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because you have a cat. Because <laughs> they move. Same, same situation. <laughs> yeah. You were, uh, one moment it was floor, the next moment it's cat. <laughs> yeah. It's just flumping around. It's like, oh, it's like, what's going on? Kitchen bitching. Yeah. Kitchen bitching. So it's actually kitchen success, more like currently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Zach got his way and got the cheap plastic one. <laughs> well, I was like, I coincidentally got my way. Yeah. I was right all along, is what we were saying. <laughs> it's established that <laughs> I established these conditions of why this kettle was terrible. It turns out I was complete, completely right. I, I, I won't agree to this. <laughs> and and what about your family? Are they? Do they acknowledge that you were right, or were they? Are they like, well, I wasn't listening the first time. <laughs> well, they they agreed about that the noise was a problem, but they were right. just they had accepted the noise as this is just how this kettle is. So it wasn't like. We're going to spend more money to get another kettle, but in this situation where another kettle had already been bought for another purpose, I was just like, "Yeah, we can just swap them." <laughs> that was transitioning, right? Yeah, it was transitioning from oh, your house. house. <laughs> hmm. It's just a. You, you, is your house just like a uh, halfway house? It's like a way yeah, station. Yeah, it is yeah. Ba- basically. Well, even more so now because. <laughs> 
going into specifics, my mum works at a charity shop. Mm. Currently, that charity shop is being renovated, so our house is even more full of stuff that shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that was where the kettle was. It was like, we need a new kettle for our freshly renovated shop. So we're going to buy one. Oh, wait, this kettle is way better than our Oh, so this wasn't, like, this wasn't like a charity donated <laughs> oh, kettle. No, this, this was, was a new, new kettle, kettle for the shop. A brand new shop. cheap kettle. Okay. <laughs> so, so now, now everyone this is This isn't a charity shop. shop money, is it? Like, like the charity shop. The kettle would have been, yes. Well, now, now the charity shop, like, no one is going to hear, hear themselves no, it, at work. it's our right. kettle. Yeah, but your kettle's, like, inferior. <laughs> But it's probably more, more expensive, oh, yeah, so they true. may have actually profited. True. Yeah, they got a fancier loud. kettle, but now, now whenever they're trying to talk to customers, they will, no one will be able to hear them. <laughs> Sorry, what's that? <laughs> it's not like they're bringing the kettle directly next to where the customers are. That's in like the yeah, back. Room. Oh, I, I'd just be carrying it around right next to my face, like with a mains lead off the back. Like, <laughs> exactly. On expensive. So, oh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you right now. <laughs> I'm steaming my face. <laughs> We offer that as a as a beauty treatment. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of this is also specific to charity shop situations. But speaking of fucked up things about that charity shop, apparently they're they're going to start selling a lottery type thing. So all the counter staff have had to go through lottery training, which means like training. look out for problem gamblers, and here's the list of problem Ooh, gamblers wow. who submitted themselves to the gambling whatever regulation. You need board. a market. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a general I mean, that's country yeah. wide thing. That this would be like, I, I'm, I've, I know I've got a gambling problem. So therefore. don't sell this shit to me if I come into yeah, your yeah. shop. Therefore, I've registered myself. But how does that work? Like, is it like a database that they have to I, take a yeah, photo assume, of someone and be like, oh, we think it's this guy? I, I assume it's like that. Who knows how that's distributed to the shops? Whether it's just like a fucking file that you have to look through and be like does this guy look like any of these pictures no one's gonna do that <laughs> no of course not it has to be like one of those AI driven face recognition systems to, to be like feasible surely yes you think so unless you like unless you like take a postcode well uh, yeah time, unless like, it is like location specific to that point so you only have to remember like three people's faces I mean, or something I mean I don't gamble so I don't know any or never been from betting shop or, or buy lotto tickets or anything like that so I don't know how any of it works but yeah I thought that was weird. Is it like Lotto Lotto? No, it's just like, it's an internal oh, right. to the charity. Interesting. That is weird. Yeah, it is weird. What, you can win actual money by yeah, gambling? It's, it's a literal lottery, but, you know, it's a small scale for the charity lottery system. Well, if it's like, yeah, 50p in, 50p at the prize pool, then, you know, it's still a net gain for the charity. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, technically, the lottery is a charity, right? Yeah, technically. <laughs> Well, lotto or whatever it's called. national lottery is, is a it, it sort isn't, of a charity. Though, is it? They, it gives to charity, right? But it isn't a cha- Is it technically a charity? I, I don't, don't think so. Oh, I think you know we what? talked about know. this before on the yeah. podcast. Some years and years ago, I think we might have done. <laughs> I don't know if it. I don't know if. It, yeah, no, probably not. It probably can't be. No. Because it, it itself isn't the charity. It itself isn't doing good, right? It's, it's <laughs> no. funding charities. Yeah. Luckily, I don't have to deal with that training because I don't deal with customers. <laughs> it's like I don't think Greg... I'm in the back end of that job. Thinking about it, yeah, because I don't think Greg James doing that Greg Athlon for Radio One. I don't think he's the charity. <laughs> he is charity. What are you doing but in the back end of the shop? I do the electrical testing. So oh, really? Just plug shit in and see if it works. Except there's more to it than that. And then cover the rest up with magnetic tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except not. <laughs> what That's exactly what you're not allowed to do. It would pass the pat test. Oh. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's, it's the pat test. So what you have to do is you have to 
First of all, you have to look at it to make sure it's not fucked. <laughs> Which is obviously fairly And then important. if it is, do you write down fucked on the, on the form? Or? Well, a little red sticker. It has a little sewer, like, whatever it is. Yeah. I'd love it if it was like one of those big fail stickers. Well, just stick that like, you know, you know, you know the, just the giant impact font letters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it just says fail. <laughs> like technically... If you were doing this in a company kind of situation, you would have a sticker for failure. Mm. But in the case of a charity shop, you just put have it in the, the garbage pile. Yeah. <laughs> you don't actually have to worry about people using things that have failed. So yeah, you look at it, you make sure it's the, all the cables aren't screwed up. You look, at, you look at the plug, you take the plug apart to make sure it's wired correctly. And there's not any. Then you look in the fuse to make sure there's not just a bit of fucking tinfoil in your area or anything, <laughs> as people then want to do. How many of those have you found? I don't think I found any that have non-fusers in the fuse hole. Right. I found some that have the wrong fusers in the fuse hole. All right, yeah. And then, you know, plug it in and see if it actually functions. <laughs> and then do the actual earth check or whatever. Mm. Attach the probe to the thing and see if it shorts out. Probe to the, what, probe to what though? You, you, if, it, if the thing has any metal that can be physically touched, it has to be earth. So you touch the probe against the thing and then check whether it is actually earthed mm. using the device that you do this testing with. Interesting. Is that true of anything with a metal case? Probably. It well, depends on... Yeah, well, there's, there's also... Double insulation, right? Double insulation, that then depends on like where the cable is attached to the thing, whatever. The double insulated cable has to be attached to, into the thing in a specific way, but you don't have to worry about that. If it says it's double insulated, you just do the double insulation test, and if that succeeds, then you're good. Okay. <laughs> You'd have to work out how and where they put the little wire no. that goes from yeah. the case. Yeah. Did you ever, I, I imagine it's not quite the same thing, but have you ever done that thing where you like? Um, I don't know. I, I've had multiple amps now, where they they're obviously the chassis that they're in is metal. Yeah. Um, and uh, like so, you know, when you, you if, it, if you've sort of brushed your finger against it while it's turned on, it sort of feels like it's like a vibration, right? But when you turn it off, you don't get that effect. And a bit of me is like, is this not earth well, properly, or is this just bad, or is it like just residual interference? Or, yeah, it's probably like, just like a magnetic field off yeah. the coils of something. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I mean, I don't know how like modern amplifiers actually work inside. You know, but they, they must have. Some analog components, right? Yeah. Look out for wrong fuses. It's the thing that I didn't realise until I did the training in order to do this, is that, like, every plug, every manufactured plastic plug, says 13 amps on it, but that's just the maximum rating of the plug. That doesn't mean you should put a 13-amp fuse in there. Oh, really? <laughs> the, the, the average of the fuse is dependent on the thing it's attached to. Right, but the... Well... Sure, but don't manufacturers normally... Well, I suppose you could change the plug, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The actual plug just says 13 amps because that's what the maximum Rate power of the plug is. put in that plug. I thought no, normally most manufacturers would put a plug on it with the right labelling on it, though, right? And Sometimes, it depends. And sometimes that label can be peeled off or like they cover the fuse with a security tag that only is there once you... When you open it one time, that's gotten, basically. Hmm. Right, that, that's right. the manufacturer's way of saying we put the right fuse in it so if it hasn't blown don't, don't blame open us. it yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah you have to check that because you know shove a 13 amp fuse in there and it's not the right size you find I think the most ridiculous one that I found was like it was some 
tiny portable hair curler that was like 20 watts. <laughs> right. And it had a 13 amp feeder in it. And like, basically, 13 amp is for 500 watts and more. Yeah. <laughs> so 20 watts, quite a lot less. Yeah, I don't need that. Put a free amp in there, and you're good. The confusing one is the is, fight is that amp. Part of your, is that part of your stash, though? Do you have, like, a fuse bay to be like, oh, I can just replace this? Yeah, you just have a big part of the fuse. Although I think we ran out of free amps because I had to keep putting them in there. <laughs> the five amp is the confusing one because... Sort of middle ground awkwardness. Well, the training specifically says if it already has a five amp in there and it's not more than 500 watts, just leave it. Just assume that that's right. Okay. <laughs> if, if it's not clear that... It's a consumer that's made a mistake. Right. If, yeah. it's, a, if it's clearly already been equipped. If the like equipment is, already has that in, then yeah, don't don't mess with it. It doesn't need more. Yeah. That's, uh, I guess that's safe, right? <laughs> a, a fuse exploding isn't, like, isn't the end of the world. Right? Well, it's, it's not to do with the fuse exploding. It's to do whether it will blow before you get electrocuted. <laughs> no, I know, but if it's less, then that's... If it's like a lower rating than the equipment, then that's... Than what you would put into a five hundred. Well, yes, and I guess that technically is safe. It's, it's fine. It'll just be annoying yeah. when the fuse immediately blows when you plug it in. Yeah. <laughs> but then you'd know because you'd have to test that. Yeah, I guess. Fun times. Is this, a, is this a secret calling of yours? Well, you should train to be a proper lecky. <sighs> no. No. <laughs> okay. You don't want to do that. Just put it out there. Maybe it would be better if it wasn't. <laughs> Maybe better if it wasn't dumb crap that you get in a charity shop. Well, I mean, what going to people's houses and rewiring their houses? <laughs> well, like... no, I just meant not having to deal with. Well, for me, the main problem is not having to deal with dust. Which, again, if you were an actual electricity, you probably would have to You'd deal, deal with, with dust a lot of it. Yeah. So I'm kind of screwed in any case. Mm. I have to take allergy pills before I go down yeah. into the charity shop. Well, you know, just because it's the in land a... of dust. Just invest in a very scary looking gas mask. Oh, yeah, there's that. You wouldn't believe how many clock radios get donated to charity shops. Clock radio? Well, because clock radio is a cack. Well, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. still, like, they're continuous, they, and they sell as well. So it's like, how are people still, how, Fine, why man. do people still have clock radios in this age? I mean, have they not got a phone? Yeah, exactly. Just get a stand for your phone, there you go, you've got a <laughs> clock radio. So many clock radios. I mean, Actually, I've got a clock radio, to be fair. Yeah. And, and admittedly, known technically as one as well, but it's one of those like cool DAB ones. Yeah, sure. one was DAB, so I can get six music on it. It comes yeah, on ancient, automatically. The ancient ones still turn up a lot. You know, and there's occasional interesting things. Like I did a, I did a record player. Okay, and I did buy my dad one not that long ago. Like, but it was a nice sort of like mini hi-fi more right, than a clock yeah. radio. But, yeah, but that's what he uses it as. <laughs> Yes, I did a record player. That was fun because oh, cool. in order to test it, you actually have to make sure it works, which yeah, is yeah. I had to dig right. out a I record. Need, I need to find a vinyl. <laughs> which is conveniently in the box with all the other testing. Yeah. There's like a cassette and a CD and a record in that box. What's so your, it's like, what's your, whatever you get, you can test it. What's a test vinyl? I don't remember what it, It's some classical music. <laughs> oh, not Black Sabbath. No. It's disappointing. Put that on there, make sure it's the right speed, and then be like, oh, well, this, it even has a needle. It actually functions, It's actually functional. Every time you put it on, you do like, make sure you have the turntable at the right speed. <laughs> Yes. I want to play too slowly. Is that how it goes in that J5? Something along those lines, yes. Yeah. 
And it was also... Uh, oh, I had the traps. Oh, yeah, no, that's it. It goes... Oh, sorry, I had it at the wrong speed. That's um the chemical one, isn't it? Whatever that's called. Yeah. Dan, you should know this. You're J5. I'm J5. Yeah, you are. It's just all of J5. Secretly. Dan is all of J5. Man. Six. Experiment six or something. Oh, yeah. I remember. It was a fun time at Christmas where you do Christmas lights constantly because <laughs> the amount of fucked up Christmas decorations where it's like, this is just something that someone has made. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, pretty sure this is not <laughs> legal in any way. <laughs> well, any, and, and in fairness, Christmas lights from the 80s, they were, they were exploding all the time. <laughs> yes. I'm mean, sure we had lights, you know, that were... You don't, you have like a fused light. Yeah. They were weird. I mean, oh, yeah. a lot of the... Like, in the middle period of lights the fuse light was more to make sure that when one blows out they don't all go out yeah yeah <laughs> it didn't over over surge the rest of them yeah are they i mean when did they stop like um, even when we were young they were still connected in series i'm sure even once you yeah. in the shops when did they well, start I think, well when led lights became a thing i guess well mm-hmm. slightly before that they mm. started doing more fancy regular bulbs that were not all that were not in series well if they were in series, then there wouldn't be so much of a problem anyway, right? Because one would go and then there'd be nothing at power the rest. Yeah, but then you have to test every single bulb and find out which one was the one that blew. Yeah, true. That was yeah. why they got rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> and there'd be a little specific power pack, right, to drive it. Yeah. And so maybe that had some smarts in it. Or... Mate, well, sometimes. Yeah, testing all those bullshit Christmas lights is terrible. Mainly for when you just plug... You... In those ones, you just plug them in first and see if any of the bulbs are blown. Because if if they're at, if they have, you inevitably don't have replacements. Yeah, so <laughs> because because there's virtually no standardisation in the design of those things. And is it general the positivity of like if one if one if one bulb is gone, you're just like no, can't do it, or do you, or can you mark it as one bulb gone? No, you definitely can't sell it for very blown. Hmm. Which is yeah, you just chuck them out if there's any. I mean, technically, what you. Sh- could do if you wanted to be particularly fancy is you if you find something where one bulb is like you take all the rest of the bulbs out and they keep them for the future but we don't do that oh it's i see <laughs> i see yeah it's like just in case this fits then you, but then you massive stash of christmas light bulbs yeah exactly so you, you you're starting to need a pretty big warehouse yeah for christmas light bulbs just for christmas light bulbs yeah but then you need to worry about the colors of bulbs as well like yep. it's like oh we need a green pile and a red pile yeah exactly I accidentally mislabeled a batch of Christmas lights that I tested because I was doing a lot of them at once and when it came to put them in the bag I forgot which ones were what colour. What, as generic soiree lights? Well, I was like, this this one is white and this one is red. <laughs> okay. And then it turned, just turned, turned just... out I forgot which one was which and it's like, no, that one wasn't white and they brought it back because they wasn't white. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the fun, fun time of when you're writing in the logbook you have to you have to write down what the thing you tested was. So it's like, what am I going to write in this box that describes what this was in a way that can be later looked up and make sense? Apart from you just have a, you know, you have an ID number as well, which I guess is the only thing that matters. It's like white Christmas lights is not very helpful. <laughs> it's like white long Christmas, yeah, lights. white flowery Christmas lights. Yep, pretty sure I wrote white that. icicle lights. Yep, those as well. But that also applies to anything else. Where it's like. It's a clock radio. How do you describe it? Well, use the, the brand company name, on name it. Yeah. yeah. If it has one, loud <laughs> And all the hair curlers, where it's just like, 
fuck if I know what this is apart from a hair curl. <laughs> Bush. I don't know. <laughs> GHDs. They, they wouldn't be in the tech shop. Bush. <laughs> what, GHDs? We've got some fancy things occasionally. There's now three guitars in our house. Really? Yep. <laughs> that are apparently from the shop. Don't know how they haven't sold yet, to be honest. Are there many musicians coming to charity shops? I don't know. Well, the things that are that expensive tend to get put onto eBay. Oh, that makes some sense. So they don't actually go through the shop part of the shop. Yeah, I was about to say, you wouldn't have like a Moog just hanging around. <laughs> yeah, I did test an actual keyboard. It had its what own was, stand and everything. What was its demo? And I, I, that was one of the things I tested. I was like, let's play the demo. <laughs> yeah, play let's the just demo. have a bossa nova going on or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> It was quite an old school. I mean, it was you know full size, massive goddamn thing with its own stand and everything. I remember there was a phase where most Casio keyboards, at least, had like whams wake me up on it. It's like, in fact, I think that I think that keyboard I tested had foot pedals. Like it had an attachment. It had wired foot pedals so it would act like an actual piano that's kind of cool you could mute it or whatever I was like wow that's significant I hate to say it but no one keeps saying she wants a proper electric piano so if you get a good one <laughs> I don't know whether we solved that one yet <laughs> we wouldn't necessarily say it's good but yeah that's, that's know, the thing it's relatively old yeah that's the thing she wants a, like a she, I'm, not, I'm not sure she wants one of these keyboard keyboards she wants like a, a proper electric piano thing <laughs> Actually, in fairness, she wants a real piano, but... <laughs> Where are you going to put that in this house? Yep. I mean, maybe not a grand. Maybe a maybe bar not. piano. We'll just get rid of the... <laughs> kitchen. One of them we'll just get like rid that. of the table in the in the, in the the dining table and, and just put a baby grand and we'll eat off that. Yeah, just put a, put a dining cloth over it and that'll be fine. In fairness, I, I, I never got that argument to hold with a pinball table. <laughs> eat off the slum. Yeah, I'm not sure. Pin- <laughs> also, pinball table is like... Maybe two people could eat off that, maybe. <laughs> maybe. If one of you was taller than the yeah, other. Yeah, you, you need some really high chairs as well. <laughs> anyway, that's a random section. Let's move on to news. Hey, I yes. saw, I, I, well, I've got one bit of random. I saw, I, I saw that Tomb Raider film. Oh, oh yeah. That's not, that's not the random section, that's the film section the film that we okay. apparently have. Well, it's, it's video game, video game, video game related. Yeah, it's video game sure. film section. And we'll probably have to talk about Ready Player One when I see that. Oh, God. Um, God. <laughs> okay. I hear good, I hear good things. Um, but, um, yeah, it comes out, what, this week? Or is it already <laughs> it out? better do, because I've seen so many fucking adverts yeah. for it. I mean, it might already be out in fairness. Um, but, yeah, that Tomb Raider film. It is a hundred percent a film. Okay. It's why well, it's just average. It's a hundred. It's like they took. It's like they took all the visual design of the new Tomb Raider games. So they didn't have to do any of their own concept art because they just reused everything that they did for that game. Basically, yeah, and then made a half-assed Indiana Jones film, <laughs> which is what Tomb Raider is anyway. Well, no, because like <laughs> the first Tomb Raider game, like for as much as I don't didn't like the writing and the story particularly of those games, you know. Because as I've mentioned many a times, I'm just not a fan of that writer. Mm-hmm. The um, no, Pratchett. Yeah, that's it. I'm trying to remember <laughs> her name. Yeah, Nancy Pratchett, I think. Yeah, something like that. Um, I can't remember if Nancy's right now, but something like that. Anyway, but yeah. So, but at least that had like they they did the Tomb Raider thing of like, okay, there's a proper supernatural element to this. There's um, yeah, it's stupid that they keep going through the same cycle again and again and again, and none of them really work out what's going on. 
This like doesn't Indiana have any Jones. of that. It's like there isn't a supernatural element. It's like it's hinted at, but it's but but there isn't that. Spoiler alert, I suppose. Um, uh, and so and so the whole thing just ends up feeling like a bit of a yeah Indiana Jones on a budget and and, and like it, it just with the, some of the some of the visuals from the game. How much how much supernatural do you actually want? Because like uh, it's tricky, but yeah. If you think I, about the previous two Raider movies, for example, like with the where you time travel at the end. <laughs> that was kind of bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you've got Pandora's box, where it's just like, you go there and you see that it's a real thing, and then it's just like, no, we, we have to leave it. And it's like, maybe that's too less yeah, supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to open the Ark of the Covenant. Well, the Nazis have to, or whatever. <laughs> yes. But there was a whole thing, like, the, in, the, in the original Tomb Raider game, the whole sort of crux of the story ends with one of your friends on the archaeological trip sort of being basically offered up as a sacrifice for possession to the uh the deaf queen himiko and it's like and 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 they take that idea sort of except they don't have any of the possession or anything they just say hey we're going to the same island and with the same deaf queen but we're going to make it make the actual reasoning behind all that way more mundane and you know typical there's one bad guy Who's like obviously a bad guy? Yeah, but that's and... just like films. I know, but it's <laughs> I'm not just, sure it's, you can blame that on Tomb Raider. It's just, even it's just really not. There's nothing. It's it. It's not badly made. It's just there's nothing clever about it. Although it is a bit weird that you know they had to ham fist like why is um, Alicia Vikander's Tomb Raider as good as at things as she is. Right, like, why is she good at fighting? It's like well, it's oh, kind of weird in a game, to be fair. Yeah, it's like what? Well, yeah, okay, yeah, because she just randomly picks all that stuff up in the game. It's like there is no explanation in there. So they try here, and it's like, oh, why is it? Oh, she so she doesn't want to use her family's millions as the idea. So she's become a sort of um, like survivor. Yeah, so she doesn't have she's to spend money. Exactly. Yeah, she's become a bit of a, like a. She's basically a Deliveroo rider. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And there's, like, there's an extended there's an extended mountain biking sequence in in in, in London, which is slightly odd, um, and a bit out of place. And it's like oh, and it's like naturally we have to throw in a bit of kickbox training in, into the intro as well, just so you know she can fight a bit. Yeah. And it's just like it just feels so like we need, and, and it goes on for way too long this intro as well. And it's just like oh, we need to sort of somehow explain why she's sort of competent. And it's not like they ever they 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 didn't explain that even in like the old original two ways. It was like she's just rich and has a mansion and she built a bunch of training well, no, in the mansion. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and she he, just trains a lot because she's a treasure hunter, I guess, and you need those skills. But then, like, <laughs> but then I kind of dug that the way that they they handled because they did the same thing in the original Tomb Raider films, right? They were just like. Hey, she's been doing this a while. Yeah, and she's got. I, mean, money, I guess that is the solution to that problem. Just, 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 just dropping half done it through. for a while. Yeah, it's like Indiana Jones at that point. Basically, you, you like he's, to, he's done that for a while. You don't have to do the whole origin story, but they've, 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 they, they twisted things around in the film, in the new film, a little bit to be like they can. Like, so the second game in the series started doing the daddy issue play, right? right? Yeah, and bringing in and um, sort of explaining the the shadowy organization of Trinity, and of course. This first film had to sort of bring some of that in early to keep it intriguing, I suppose. Mm. So they do all of that now. Except classically, because it's a daddy issue storyline, it feels so overwrought to me. It's just like, oh, come on, really? There must be more to character arcs than daddy issues. Come on! <laughs> at least at least the dad sort of... Well, now I can't say anymore. Why do that? Yeah, spoiler alert. I'll stop there. But um, so that well, it sort of follows the game. So if you play the games, you sort of understand where this is going. But 
And person, and this this sounds a bit petty, but I I did spend most of the film thinking, and I know this isn't her fault because I think Alicia Vikander is actually a relatively good simile to to the the modern character, um, you know, in terms of you know visuals. But and this isn't her fault, but she looks way younger than I think than everyone imagines the Tomb Raider character, right? Like like Lara Croft is like a tall person and. I don't know At least it's really, one, really tiny. <laughs> I don't know if the modern Tomb Raider is that tall or old. I mean, Lara Croft original. I don't know. Was, I don't know. Like, you know, Angelina Jolie. That's even, well, there you go. Yeah, and that was perfect. <laughs> to be fair, that was perfect casting, right? Yeah. It's like you couldn't have picked anyone better to 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 get that look. Um. Uh, and I I do think they get close, but it's like when she's around other characters. It's just like she's so much smaller than uh, other people. That, you know, smaller than the games, games that I saw. She did seem kind of short, relatively speaking. She's like most video game person models. Everyone's <laughs> the same height. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that doesn't really work. But yeah, yeah, yeah. A minor thing. It sort of, it sort of did visually irk me a little bit. That's just because I know what the games are like, and we've grown up with the character to somewhat, um, to some degree. Anyway. The film, you can avoid it, it's fine. I plan to avoid it. Yep. Video game movies. Video game movies, <laughs> yeah. Now on to video games. News. News. News! Who's up for another Sonic Racing game? If, as long as it's a game. faithful sequel to Sonic R. As long as it's a foot race, even though it doesn't make any sense anyway. As, as everyone is theorising because of their use of the Sonic R R in the teaser reveal. No. Because like it's it clearly says Sonic Racing in, no, in, yeah. in, in the silhouette they've shown. <laughs> and that's all they've shown so far. But the R that appears is in exactly the same font as what was used in the Sonic R title screen seriously so so every, everyone actually thinks this is a sonic r2 that's insane but, it, but i'm expecting a sonic all-stars racing transformed sequel obviously well that's the other thing because i think they have shown like they have shown pictures of a car as well before leading up to this logo so mm. it probably isn't sonic r2 well i mean they, they could be. combine the two things they could make it make more sense and have Sonic actually run and everyone else drive a car. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Amy was, was did drive a car, right? In the in, in, in Sonic the original Sonic yeah. car and to Amy keep up with Sonic. Yeah, and you know, and tails and knuckles because they all ran at the same speed, apparently. <laughs> supposedly. Yeah. Even though that doesn't make any sense, or whatever. Or at least, well, I mean, tails he has the third tail speed, but knuckles doesn't make sense. Did <laughs> they actually change that in Sonic Mania? So knuckles actually does run a little bit slower. He jumps like oh, jumps slow. Yeah, that's it. That's I don't know it. if he did, I don't know if he does run slower. Maybe, but yeah, lower jump. <laughs> Which yeah, they use very very awkwardly in one specific place. Yes, to block off a, a route. Sonic route. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a new Sonic Racing game. I, 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 if it is a new Sonic Racing, like as in All Stars Racing. Sega and Sonic All Stars Racing, but although it does look like it's just Sonic Racing from that logo, but mm. it's like if it is in that vein, I'm all for it. Sonic All Star Racing Transformed was a was a pretty great kart race. Well, if it's based at all on their idea of how those games function, mm. it doesn't matter if it's a Sonic R or whether it's another one of those, as long as it's got a vague 
Yeah, yeah. The, their, their sort of knowledge of how that kind of game should work. Yeah, the big, I mean, the transform thing was clever because it meant they could explore more environments. Like, you know, the fact that, you know, because the cars could fly, it's like, oh, hey, now we can do a Skies of Arcadia level. So let's do one of those. Just, just bring back, you know. Or Panzer Dragoon level. I mean, bring back yeah. the hoverboards. Bring back the hoverboards, yeah. That's the other crossing. <laughs> oh, no. Let's just mash them all together. Yeah, so there's some kart racing, there's some on foot racing, and there's some. Was it Zero Sonic? Hoverboards. Sonic. What's that? What's that Riders. Called? Riders, yes. That's also are. Yeah. Oh, no. So, yeah, that's a thing. Well, maybe a thing. Maybe, well, that's no, just a thing. It'll come out. Well, Sega, Sega so, never cancels uh, Some kind of game will come out, but what it actually is yeah, is yeah. a different matter. Um, talking about racing games that are coming out, just something that's on my radar because I spotted it thanks to Easy Allies doing a little preview of it. Um, there, there's, a, there's what I think is a pretty cool idea, but Zach didn't seem all too convinced when I was talking <laughs> about it earlier. Um, a game called Trailblazers um, is coming along. And it, it's a little team. Uh, it's coming out soon, and they've only just revealed it, which is nice. It's like very quick. Hey, we're working on this, and it's coming out in spring, quote unquote. So you know, give it three months. <laughs> um, uh, and it's like someone took the idea, like a mashup between a team racing game and Splatoon. And I, I'm, I'm really intrigued. So like the uh, idea is, okay. is basically. Yeah, so the idea is, is like the tracks are really wide and quite big and multi-routed and um, things like that. And the and the idea is is that it's it's a point-based team um, um, yeah, a racing event where you know you're you're not just looking for the win; you're looking for your entire team to do well. Or you know you could very easily just like your entire team strategy is get someone to get the win to get more points. You know, it's one of those where it's like not not your individual place matters; it's the place <laughs> of the of everyone on your team versus the places of everyone. So it all adds up. Mm. So this is, so immediately you're adding a strategic element to how this plays in multiplayer on its own, which I really love. I've, I've, I've always kind of wanted this idea of a racing game to be less about the individual and, and somehow make it more strategic, somehow make it a little more than just driving fast. Um, and they do that as well by this platoon mechanic. So the floor can be colored. Um, to your team's thing. So that's basically your weapon in this, is the ability to either paint forward or leave a trail behind you. Um, uh, so when you do create the floor on your color, it charges your boost faster. And so if you can make a larger continuous area of your color, you can build someone's speed up um, behind. So there's an emphasis basically of spending like the early laps, not really worrying about going faster and something like, and actually just making sure you, you're having a bit of a paint battle with the enemy and make sure there's like a continuous route for maybe one member of your team to abuse to actually get the pole position and things like that. Um, but of course, because the tracks are so wide, there's actually the ability to be like, okay, we've been been uh, perhaps like restricted from going this route, so we'll paint this route instead. Um, uh, and it just seems really interesting. Like they obviously go into more detail in these previews and things, and I urge you to go seek them out because they'll explain it way better than I can. Um, seeing it in action makes a whole lot more sense than explaining it. Um, but it looks cool. Like it adds, it definitely adds an element to racing that I think is interesting. Cool. Sounds intriguing. Yeah. A racing game that's not just about racing, which leads me on to the next story, which is, sounds very, very similar, uh, and that's about Onrush, 
Um, they've been they've Woof. been talking about how their multiplayer quote unquote stampede system works. Um, in that they want their game to be less about racing as well, and it sounds like they're gunning for they're, they're taking heavy inspiration from Burnout and making it takedown based rather than position based. Hmm. Okay. So uh, the, the the way they describe the system is is like you're uh, basically you're you're out to score the most takedowns effectively again as a team, not as an individual. Um, and they, they they go as far as to say there's going to be different car classes with different roles as to how to manipulate this. I'm not quite sure how this is going to pan out, but that's what they're saying. Um, and the idea is that it's not really about what what place you finish because when you die, you just get put right back in the action in the middle of the stampede, as they call it. Uh, and it's uh, it's designed to be a six on six team game, but with twelve computer um, just fodder, basically things to kill as well. Um, and that's pretty much that's pretty much what it sounds like, to be honest. It's like you're still driving around a track while you do this, so there is a course, but it's more about how you manipulate the environment to get the most kills rather than actually win, rather than actually you know come first. And it's like that's weird let's see how this works so color me intrigued on rush mm-hmm. okay again i know and it's it's, inter- it's just interesting that these two things came out exactly at the same time being like hey we're adding team dynamics well, not exactly to at the same time on rush was like e3 last year i know no but they've <laughs> like they you know i mean in the last couple of weeks they've both been talking about their team-based play mm. and like and, and how they're taking that stance on it and i'm like oh this is this is real interesting the taking taking racing in a different direction. One, yeah, things to things to look out for. You guys don't seem too thrilled, but I'm I'm, I'm at least interested to see how it pans out. Well, no, I mean, we'll see if it's good. <laughs> Could be good. Yeah, I'd want you know get get the dream team together, play some play some trailblazers. It'd be, it'd be cool. You know what else I saw previews of that might be interesting? Maybe saw previews of. A game called, uh, what the fuck is it called? Two Point Hospital. Two Point. Oh wait, no, I have seen this. Yes. It's a theme hospital thing. Yes, mm. it's, it's people, ex people of Bullfrog and Lionhead making a theme hospital sequel, basically. Sweet. Okay. I mean, people have tried making theme hospital games. Yeah. With limited success. Because what was the one with Big Pharma? Was that? Well, that's more like a sort of Factorio-ish kind oh, right. of thing. It's more, more about, about production lines, making right. the pharmaceuticals. Not so much about not, the actual hospital actual management. Hospital, yes. Okay. And there was there was that brief moment where it seemed like people were trying to make open theme hospital in the same oh, way. Cool. Open oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is that not a thing, then? Why was it I brief? I think it's just much more difficult than Transport Tycoon was to execute. Like I think they are still working on it, but it's not produced... A functional right. thing yet, really? Because what they have to basically rebuild the entire thing, yeah, right, in order for it to be open, yeah, quote unquote. And transport taking was relatively much easier to do that for. And technically, EA are probably going to be <laughs> probably a bit probably more evil about this one. Yeah, it's like open roller case tycoon too, as well. Where it was, just oh, like, is that is that happening? Yeah, they tried to do that as well. Huh. Apparently, that was relatively easy. I mean, probably because of the way roller case tycoon was made. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so Two Point Hospital looks, you know, sort of interesting. Why is it called Two Point Hospital? Is that just where it is? Yeah, like, it's, it's like, like Two the... Point County or whatever. Okay. 
presumably there's two mountains or something. <laughs> so, uh, I would guess. I think it was just like that's it's like hygiene rating. Like two points. <laughs> well, maybe maybe that's their little pun <laughs> yeah. because you know, maybe it's like all about puns. Theme hospital two point oh. Oh yeah, yeah. two point two point oh. That was the other thing I was thinking. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, they it looks like you know they have this. Well, as soon as you see it, it's like, oh, well, he's building a GP's office, he's building a general diagnosis, he's building a pharmacy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, pretty much, that's what yeah. it's it like. like. <coughs> all, all new all um, diseases and, yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. and stuff. No, so no one with slack No bloaty or... head or... Well, the thing is, like, now you've got to come up with a new one. So instead of bloaty head, they've got lightheadedness where your head turns into a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, you know... I saw a couple of the other ones where, like, they've got... Um, Could they have an upset stomach where your stomach's just crying? <laughs> Possibly. Like, <laughs> they've got, got grey anatomy, where you just turn grey. Grey's anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> grey anatomy, that's good. Oh, shouldn't you turn into, like, a grey? Like, the well, alien? Yes, maybe. Grey anatomy, yeah. Good. <laughs> they've got premature mummification. I'm not sure if that's the final name for that one, but... It's, that is what it sounds like. Could they go? What you need an unfracture clinic, sort of, to like unwrap. Well, yeah, it's the unbandaging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, so yeah, that's you know that's that's maybe the biggest challenge of that game is yeah, coming up with good puns, good jokes. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you need a damn fine announcer. Well, it's by the sounds of it, it's always the exact. I don't know if it is the exact same person that they've just got back to do, but it sounds pretty much exactly alike. Doctor. But the, the actual difficult thing of that game is, of but, course, but, but, the same problem that we have with, you know, City Skylands and all those other things, which is, like, actually improving the game. Right, yeah, yeah, not just, not just making it again. And it's like, fine, City Skylines proved people in the mood for a never Sin City that was just like Sin City. Yes. But can you actually improve upon it? Yeah, question mark, Because, you know, the thing about Theme Hospital is the incredibly annoying micromanagement of constantly having to pick doctors up and yeah, bring them yeah. around. And that, and you that could leave the them most... on automatic, but that made it so inefficient it was almost useless. Yeah, it was not possible to achieve the goals unless you were doing manual. But then that was the game, right? To some extent, yes. But I mean, you know, there's ways you could make that still a thing that you have to do but less annoying. Yeah. Like, like schedule management or something. Be like, for the first three hours of the day you work in this room, and then you move to this room, but then like have it be conditional where it's like if there's a big queue for this room, you go over there instead or whatever. Or would you go all the all the way of actually making days like days? Well, like yeah, there's you that know, as well. Possibly. Rather than simulating large periods of time and there never being night time. I mean, the like obvious that. using queues as a fun, as a conditional function would be the obvious way to solve most of those problems. You just say if the queue of this room has reached five, then move someone Get, there automatically. Yeah, have another doctor come <laughs> come and do what they need to do. If someone's just standing around doing nothing in a room. They should go somewhere else where there's a queue automatically, mm. which theoretically was what was meant to happen in Fee Hospital, but it was so bad and like just random where it would just yeah. pick a random guy to move to a different place. Beep, beep, beep. Well, you didn't really have many. You didn't. Have, it was the specializations was yeah. the problem in the original Fee Hospital. Like you, if you only had one psychiatrist, he had to pretty much just stay in the psychiatric office, or if he had, only had two surgeons, they had to be in surgery because <laughs> otherwise there wouldn't be enough surgeons to do the surgery. Mm. You can and, have but, them suddenly uh, deciding to go to general diagnosis for no reason. That was the thing. They, but you, you kind of, as the TV series House has proved, you kind of want them to do other jobs occasionally. You like, you probably need to help them out, help out in the diagnosis occasionally. <laughs> I'm not sure House really proves anything. No, it, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. But <laughs> it's the entire plot line of House, really. <laughs> At least the early series. So yeah, that could be interesting. I'm not entirely 
sure I like the, the person designs. Oh, what, the actual look of Yeah, the, like the half cartooniness. Mm. I don't think they executed mm. it that well. Oh, no. And, well, or maybe it's just the animations look kind of naff at the moment. I don't know if they, you know, that could still be a work in progress thing. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> Doctor. Are you going to get a shotgun to shoot rats? No, yeah, you know. I guess that was the other thing you did in people so why you weren't doing anything. To shoot rats all the time. Bonus mode where you got, like, grenades. Yep. <laughs> Man, that game. What a classic. <laughs> I think we all got free copies of it thanks to EA at one point. Yep, it was Oh, yeah. Oh, no. But it, the resolution doesn't really work, right? On that... Version. I haven't actually tried the origin. I, think I tried booting it up and it doesn't really work very well. Yeah, I don't remember whether I. I think I probably hasn't still been had a regular version at some point. That was the last time I played it. Maybe it probably hasn't had the good old games treatment, right? Or whoever it is that. But well, maybe what well, GOG normally like. Well, because I think they put it on there, but I'm not sure if that was backported onto the origin version. Right, right. That's <laughs> what you mean. Yeah, because GOG versions, there's normally a bit of work done to them, isn't it, to make sure they actually function. Yeah. Or they're wrapped up in a DOS box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two point hospital. That's kind of cool. Hopefully. Yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope. Some of that old bullfrog magic. Uh, what else is going on? Yeah. See what else is going on? Virtually nothing. Virtually nothing. Answer. Yeah, it's quite okay. Because I mean, like GDC happened, but it wasn't really a lot to take away from that. Just I mean, when is there ever really? No. The game developers conference, they talk about game development stuff, <laughs> not actual <laughs> announcements. I mean, once upon a time, there used to be the odd thing coming out of it. Like, like I think, um, what do you call it, Quantic Dream were there, but they were just showing off Detroit again, like showing us nothing new or something. <laughs> showing that it still exists. Yeah. When is that coming out? I mean, that, this was the time where Quantic used to do their like tech demos and things, right? And, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, yeah. I'm not talk about really at GDC. That's uh, that that much interest. Um, I've got two other sort of game announcementy things. It's like hot off the heels of us talking about Cod Blops Four. Mm. Uh, we now know what the next Battlefield game is. Mm. Yeah, we sort of already knew it last. Well, well, yeah, we sort of already knew it. The rumors have been flying already, uh, but it's officially called Battlefield Five or Battlefield V, uh, and they're doing World War Two again. Hey. So nineteen, it would have been better if they just called it nineteen forty-four. Yeah, but, you as know. we said. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, back to let's hope they not that Call of Duty did it necessarily badly, but let's hope they capture a little bit more of the nineteen forty-two spirit in this one than, yeah. than the new Call of Duty captured the old Call of Duty spirit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm definitely sort of, I'm interested as I always am, but whether or not it will hold. Well, that interest. I mean, as we said, as we said last time, it's just going to be another one of these modern Frostbite engine. Yeah, it is multiplayer games. Yeah, <laughs> but there's no denying that, that that it fits better all the weapons and stuff than World War One yeah. sure. does yeah. slash did. Yeah, and it, well, from our perspective, will it be good enough to run on Zach's machine? Well, hopefully, I'll have a new computer. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, you know, we don't know about this GPU drought. No, yes, that is um, a problem still. Although I think it's getting better. Is it? I've definitely seen prices getting down towards normal. Slightly more sensitive. <laughs> in the UK, at least. Apparently, it's still fucked in America. Okay. <laughs> We're not too worried about our mining over here. No. Uh, 
Yeah, and uh, uh, well, and there's the sort of you know the big big there's the squidginess of the uh, di- yes. of the of the new Frostbite engine. Whether that will still be a thing, my money's on yes. Yeah, well, still yes. Be I don't think there's going to be um, any much change. No, um, but the, the biggest question is is like, oh, are yeah, going to be able to turn around their current loot box disasters in this thing and actually make it somewhat sensible? Because Battlefield One did have that stuff, right? But it was like entirely pointless. Like it had, it had a some weapons you could unlock, but they weren't really, but they weren't in the loot boxes. The loot boxes were literally just skins. Well, right? apart from those ones where you had the build amount of parts that you got from the loot system, but they weren't really in the loot boxes. It was like a currency that then you build random parts or something. Yeah. I never really looked into. I, mean, I never got far enough into Battlefield One to actually get into that system. But I didn't. I don't think you could use the. You know, unlike Battlefront Two, I don't think you could buy into the loot system to actually make meaningful progress if you know what i mean well like, i think battlefield were, one really had meaningful i mean there were there were weapons to unlock there were and and, and something like, you know there was that one shotgun that was well, that yes. you had to unlock that was like yeah that was that was killing everything for a while <laughs> um but but the, but the progression in battlefield one was so it like it was incredibly slow yeah was the it had, this, had exactly the same, and, and and part and like the more i thought about this it's like the more i think actually maybe battlefront 2's speed of progression was less to do with the loot box thing although that is probably you know very easy to levy that as a factor um but actually more to do with the fact that they looked at battlefield one and were like hey but our progress was really slow in this no one's minded then <laughs> well they did mind then <laughs> yeah well, they didn't shout loud it just, it just wasn't about money then yeah exactly there wasn't there wasn't a money-fied way to get that progression or at least not as badly I yeah i think there was still some Oh, you could buy into the skin loot boxes for sure, but I think there was like some some you weren't just getting the skins. I think you were getting current some kind kind of currency out of those boxes as well. I don't really remember. But the skins in those battlefield games make even less sense because they were like gun skins, yeah. right? And you can't see them. There's no way of seeing them in the middle of a firefight. Yeah, well, I mean, unless that's the point. Unless it's like camo, which is the point of. <laughs> <laughs> that's the gun skins that actually matter. Why do you want a gun skin unless it's bright pink? You know? <laughs> like a bright pink Darth Vader. <laughs> I suppose there's only so much you could do with uniforms of the time as well. Well, well, and they used that in the classes. Yeah, the classes with their different uniforms. Yeah. that was where that was. And of course, you you know, for certain theaters of war, they had different teams, so the uniforms would change based on. And again, it's the same thing with like any other shooter, right? It's like Battlefront does that as well. It's like, oh, we have to be the droids on this one, so you need a droid skin and hmm. blah 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 blah. Anyway, that's Hamden. Could could be okay. Yeah, fit. But what's their gimmick this year, though? Like, because like, like the last game, they had the giant Zeppelin <laughs> things, right? Or the train, or well, probably something similar to those, I guess. I mean, the train can still be a thing. Well, it, it won't be like it won't be a battle train. It'll be like an artillery train. I assume we I won't. I assume we won't hear the word levolution. Well, they haven't used. They didn't say that about Battlefield One, really. No. Even though that's what it was, pretty much. <laughs> well, yeah, because they used it in. The last time they talked about it was Battlefield 4, yeah. wasn't it, for some of the... Well, that was the first time they talked about it. Or was it? Uh, I, did, I, thought <laughs> no. they, I thought they might have mentioned it in 3. No, but... because 3 didn't have that. That was the big thing in 4. It's like, you can destroy this building. Level oh, motion. yes. That was, that, that was that one. <laughs> yes, I'm getting my early Battlefields. It's just they apparently, maybe someone realised that they that their, their dumb fake brand name for this technology had, was dumb. <laughs> so they decided not <laughs> to use it any longer. It was just like, nope, that's just how video games work now. Yep. 
Speaking of, I mean, this is completely irrelevant in in all ways. But speaking of <laughs> speaking of evolution and uh, that reminded me of things. Guess what game on my Steam mm. got a patch within the last month? So it's got to be an old game that you'd think would never get patched. Yep. Dwarf Fortress isn't on there. No, yeah. <laughs> that gets that patch quite often. God, I don't know. Uh, Red Faction Guerrilla. Really? Yep. <laughs> wow. Why? <laughs> it got a multiplayer balance patch. What? Like, what? Who plays that? <laughs> well, apparently, people. Apparently. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it did have the ostrich hammer. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> but that was a weird thing to see. Wow. Back. No, you can't. So there's been some random resurgence in it. Well, it's like, who is still even working on that? Yeah. And why? Well, because that's, that's an even weirder one, Greg, because that would have been one of the properties that had to had to change hands in the demise of THQ. Yeah, and they also had to take out games from Windows. That had that whole problem right. with that as well. Yes, of course. <laughs> Man, all right. Weird. Yep, very weird. Cool to see, though. <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah. You know, any any support for an old game is cool to see, I suppose. Uh, going back to Tomb Raider. Yeah. Hey, they officially announced that next Tomb Raider game, which everyone knew what it was called. <laughs> also Again, everyone it was heavily rumored that everyone knew what it was called. Like, and it is called Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Everyone mm. got that right. Um, that's so all we know. So, what's the third one going to be? Sunset of the Tomb Raider. Sunset of the Tomb Raider. You rise up, and then you cast Shadow, and then you have that for Sunset. Yeah, so <laughs> you're just a Tomb Raider Redemption. Tomb Raider Eclipse. <laughs> Your Shadow got really big. Oh no! Bit, they, they, they're just going to follow. Yeah, what you reckon? They're going to follow the Twilight movies. <laughs> just be like this. Uh, yeah. New <laughs> Fall of the Tomb Raider. Fall of the oh, Fall of the Tomb Raider. That actually, I'd be really interested in like. <laughs> Like if she actually becomes like, well, I suppose that's how every game starts. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. This is not like Fall of hasn't been used before in games. You'd be against the cops the entire time. <laughs> It'd be a legal dispute. Yes, exactly. Uh, September 14th, that's coming out. We know that much. Raid of the Tomb Raider. Raid <laughs> <laughs> of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. They're going to have to go back to like um, the manor at some point, right? In this new series, Manor of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> 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 Manor. Of... I mean, it's spelled the other way. House of Tomb Raider. <laughs> what manners? Yeah, Manor of the, the, the Tomb Raider. Of what the sort of manner does this Tomb Raider have? What is the Manor of the Tomb Raider? What manner of Tomb Raider is this? <laughs> Crap, the, the kind that you spend to cast spells. <laughs> Yeah, spell it the third way, make it even more confusing. I mean, that ties up the supernatural thing. Manor. Mm. Yeah, I see. That took me a while to peg. Secretive manner of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> They've cancelled the remakes of the original Tomb Raider games. I did not know they were doing that. <laughs> Who was remaking those? I don't know. I mean, there's a certain logic to that. Those early games really, in terms of gameplay, really haven't urged well. Uh, urged? Aged well. <laughs> like, 
They, they I don't think that matters, does it, in the land of remakes? It doesn't matter how not. badly the first game played, it's just whether people liked it or not I mean, at the time. You could just, rather than like full remake, just put it out, right? Make it work. And... I, I, do you know that those don't still work? I mean, no. It, I don't. It was quite a... I mean, there were early. I consider it a fairly nice engine of the time. I mean, there were early 3D effects titles, right? Yeah. Tomb, Tomb Raider Two was an early poster child for 3D effects, which might be a problem in fairness because it means that it might be a 3D effects game, not well, yeah. Although a lot of those were OpenGL based, mm. so maybe it's still workable. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you can go back to old Tomb Raider. Really. No, I don't think so. Anyway, I don't think that was a legit thing anyway. Mm. Oh, what, you don't reckon they even started? <laughs> no. That's probably probably accurate. But does that make it not a cancellation? And they're just, just yeah, basically I think so. saying, no, this wasn't a thing. Yeah, exactly. It's not unlike Square to think about that, though. Well, if it was... That is the exact kind of thing that Square would cancel. <laughs> yeah. It's the thing, because they couldn't like use the original Tomb Raider game to reboot it and like rebuild it as a different game, right? Because no, they wouldn't no. they wouldn't want them to do that what with the current series. Yeah. They cross the timelines. Yeah. Never mind. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> no, not 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 all that fast. Uh that's all I got for news, really. I mean right. that that Overwatch character we talked about has come out and I haven't played as her, so Overwatch news. Yeah, Overwatch news. Spring event is happening. Because well. everyone is it? everyone in the whole world is trying to play as that one person, right? <laughs> well, oh yes, yeah. actually. But that doesn't that doesn't always happen in Overwatch, actually. It's like in because everyone well, kind of like... understands the balance and also most games only allow one person to play as well, that sure. character. And also probably in situations of like Overwatch, you is like a lot of people just test it once and then decide that they don't like it. Well, yeah, because <laughs> that that sort of happened to me with Moira when because I the first time I played as her, I was like the problem is is like in order to get used to her, you've got to play as her. Yeah. But in order to play as her, you've got to be crap at her for yeah. a while. So like I I first picked up Moira and was like I do not understand how this works. Um, and it took me like at several hours of watching, like of playing in games where other people were always using her, to get like, oh right, now I sort of understand why she's effective. Mm. Um, which is a kind of a cool thing about Overwatch. You can pick up how the other characters work by playing with them, not as them. Although you know the trick of actually manipulating it is still tricky. Yeah. But you know, just now I can play as Moira and be like, oh right, I get it. No, I can I can actually play as her now. And that's that's cool. But it sort of, but that only came after a long period of time of not using her. Uh, although I still can't play as Doomfist. Screw that guy. Really difficult. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Overwatch. Overwatch is cool. You should play Overwatch. You've been playing Overwatch then? No, I haven't been playing <laughs> no, Overwatch. There you go. Well, what have Wait, you been playing? Are we, are we starting with me? Are you, well, I guess. Uh, are we with well, maybe it should be Zegel time. Yeah, that's normally how this should work because well, I always end up talking more during news. So you know, and we can still always talk about more into the breach first and get Dan in. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I am. I guess I haven't actually really played that much because I pretty much finished a run with all the different squads. Oh, you have apart from the random squad. <laughs> the random well, squad. I did. I tried switching to easy mode, and it's too easy, which is annoying. Yeah. 
They need, I need a, like a normal, I need a Halo scheme where there's like a easy, Five normal, hardcore, <laughs> hardcore and legendary. Yeah. Or four, it would be better than three. Because I need something between easy and normal because... Cause so did you normal manage to unlock is... the second squad? Then yes, you I have. Because they're more normal and that's relatively easier. Yeah, yeah I might try. Is, I, is the second squad easier then? Yeah, the smoke squad. But <laughs> smoke I is mean, quite powerful. And smoke is powerful, but one of those units just doesn't deal any damage, right? The pusher guy, so... You'd think so. that would be not great, but it's actually pretty useful. Oh, I really? Mean, technically, it does do damage, because you can push enemies into the smoke, and then the smoke does damage. Right, okay. But only, and like, even then, one, you right? can, you know, shove... Well, it upgrades to two. When you oh, okay, cool. Okay. You, can, you know, typically, you want to shove people into water or whatever, so choose which level you start with carefully. If you've mm. unlocked enough of the items, start with, well, don't start with the ice, I guess. <laughs> All the other levels have objects to shove things into water or holes. Not so much the desert, I guess, but the desert has the advantage with the smoke team is, is uh, because of the desert, you're just making more smoke anyway, because the desert turns into smoke. Into smoke, right, yeah. And that still counts for your electric smoke damage, even if it's a natural smoke. <laughs> so can you do the islands in any order then after you the first run? Yeah, after you've unlocked them, you can pick whichever one you want to start with. And the re- enemies are randomised, so it changes which enemies mm. appear on what islands. Maybe, yeah. it's, maybe you worry about the buffer, but then also certain you know certain types of enemies can be more annoying. What's the buffer? There's one type of enemy that causes global buffs to all the enemies, and there's four different buffs. Yeah, right. and then mm. each, so each one of the islands gets one of the four buffs. <laughs> I thought I thought yeah. the buffer was like when you said buffer, I bet it was like some <laughs> sort of time buffer. Yeah, so you were like, thinking about a gap. Yeah, yeah. some sort of interest, some sort of like mid-game mechanic that's like well, you might have to worry about that. But yeah, the guy, the guy that buffs. Yeah, the buff. Yeah, I usually try to kill those quickly, but I don't know if it's actually the best idea. Necessarily well, it depends on what buff it is again, yeah. really, and what your team balance is like. Yeah, mega team smasher. But yeah, I I got through all the different squads, and then made a custom squad, which was hilarious. Cause... So, so, um, so the second squad with the smoke is easier, yeah. right? But I mean, are there I other ones so. that are like harder than the first squad, or are they generally Probably. more powerful? I think I think. I think most of the other squads are probably harder, but it, I think once you get used to the idea, the general idea of the mechanics, you can see more easily what the what like the combos are. Mm. That you, like the the third, the I call it the third squad, but you know it's not in any order that you actually have to unlock these in. No, <laughs> the third the third squad has like the mech that shoots a laser beam that hits everything in a whole line, and then yeah. it has it has the mech, the the non damage dealing mech on that team has a pull. A gravity pull, so right. you can just shift an enemy around. So obviously you pull enemies into line, the li- line, them, yeah. line them up. Then but and then them. and then its third vehicle is a tank that just rams enemies. So it can charge across the whole length of the map and hit the enemy, and it pushes the enemy back. But it also damages itself when it does that. Oh, so obviously so, you're you're still trying to line enemies up for the laser with that thing as well. But it's does it start with a lot of health then if it damages itself no, every time it attacks? It doesn't really. Okay. So you have to repair. Or and this is where you know, this is where learning the combos and whatever comes in. 
or you put the pilot that gives mech's armor into the mech that damages itself because armor negates self damage as well as enemy damage. Oh, cool. Oh, man. That's hardcore. <laughs> so, so, so if it's like it does one damage to self on charge, but you've got one armor, you're fine. Yeah, it just negates that one self damage. Yeah, that's cool. That seems logical. So that's that's where the trick to knowing the combos comes in. And then the you know the, the more advanced tactics is that you get into later with that team is, for example, the mech that has the gravity pull. You can do damage by pulling enemies onto yourself. <laughs> you take one damage as well, but you can literally just kill things by just pulling them, which normally you. you don't think of as against, doing damage. Like against your shelf. Yeah, yeah against, against your, your shelf. I mean, there is an achievement for that, armor. so that's how you kind of <laughs> appoint it. Know that, that that's a thing, right. So but that, that gravity mech also has a shield deploying power. So it's, that mech shields the other mechs, which is normally how you'd counter the self-damage on the charge. You'd use the gravity mech to fire the shield onto the charge tank, and then the charge tank would take the charge damage. And that only works twice for battle. Or you could put shields on buildings, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So what would you unlock as a third squad if you had loads of choice? Because obviously you've got loads of... What's the funnest... Squad. I don't know about all the rest of those squads. You've got the squad that sets everything on fire. That's fairly entertaining. It's sort of similar to the smoke squad. Right. <laughs> We're just covering the map entirely with fire. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you're scorching the earth to save it. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's entertaining. There's the the last squad, the hazardous squad, is like all about self-damage. So that's another case where you want that armor pilot to avoid the self-damage there. And then I think, the, well, this leads into what I did with my custom squad, but there's the squad that's, that's called the Frozen Titans. So obviously it's about ice, except not entirely about ice. It's got a mech that has a punch that flips enemies' attack direction. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Um, you saw that as a weapon, weapon. upgrade sometime, yeah. 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 So that's obviously kind of nice. Uh, its second thing is a tank that fires forwards and backwards simultaneously, which is difficult. <laughs> yeah, that sounds hard. Because you're going to be shooting your own cities all the time. Yeah, you're careful, yeah. yeah. Backwards shots can damage everything. But the trick with it is that the third mech is an artillery weapon that freezes enemies, so it just takes them out of the battle, providing they don't then take damage and break out of the ice. But the problem with that is that while you're freezing, while, when you fire to freeze enemies, it also freezes yourself. So you freeze yourself and the target when you fire this artillery cannon. So theoretically how you're meant to manage that is you use the tank use the two-directional tank shot to shoot your own frozen thing to break it out whilst you're also shooting at an enemy right i see if you line it up right and do it in the right can, bloody order <laughs> yeah. or you can park the the ice launcher on an emergence hole and use the emergence damage to break the ice to break so you're out unfrozen the ice. for your next turn oh that's good and technically you can also break ice by using your repair so if you've got no other choice you can just waste your turn and repair yourself out of the ice. <laughs> but mm. that uses your whole turn, obviously. Mm. So that's all, that's how you're... That's the trick to that squad. But then, for the custom squad, this is where the synergy comes in, because the actual way to use the freezing mech is to use the pilot, the pilot that starts with a shield every battle, because shields negate status effects, including the self-freeze. <laughs> oh, great. So, so it completely removes that disadvantage. You can just drive around and freeze whatever the fuck you want. So, so for my so for my custom squad, I use free ice mechs and nothing else. Zero <laughs> damage dealing. You just freeze all the enemies and then just sit there because they can't move. Oh, nice! It's like playing magic <laughs> or something where you found out some you know stupid trick. 
Yeah. And made, so made a deck like, that like stops people from <laughs> do, moving. Do you effectively running down a timer or something? Well, because yeah. all the battles end after a certain number of turns. They do you only have to survive. Yeah. Interesting. And if you want, you know, you're aiming to do the bonus objectives as well, but then that's where you, if you're playing with this free squad, you just choose, never choose the things that are like kill seven enemies because you can't. Mm. You just don't do those missions if you possibly could avoid it. There's very it's few turns in a get... battle. Like, it's only like a handful, right? How many yeah, turns? It's usually four. Like four or five, yeah. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. But yeah, it's with the free, with my pure free squad, it's virtually impossible to get perfect islands because you're almost inevitably going to have to do a type of mission that you can't succeed in doing the kill yeah. a number of enemies or whatever. So how many missions yeah. are there in an or island? Or kill the boss, and... even, because it's virtually impossible with the free squad. So how do the islands actually work in this thing? Because I know we've talked about like the deep mechanics of this, but I'm, like I'm, I, when, you, when you said like it's like battles only for so is it a really short run then? Well, it's like three it's hours, like two or hours, ten, yeah. ten and a half hours maybe. So the multiple missions per island. There's an island. Yeah, it's mission. like yeah. There's, it's a randomly randomly selected set of it, like the map of the island is slightly randomized. So where you start and what places on the island are unlocked, and then you unlock adjacent ones to move to the next ones right. or whatever. And then you do like five out of the eight missions on that island before it triggers the boss. And then you so the islands are more like the sectors, I guess. Yeah, like yeah. FTL. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, it's, it's virtually impossible to perfect an island because you. It's mainly for the bosses because it's like the last defend the, the HQ mission is always kill the boss, and it, mm. you can't. You don't do any damage, so you can't do that until you actually get some secondary weapons. Mm. But yes, the, the pure ice squad was pretty funny. So they're all the same mech, right? Yeah. The same artillery mech, right? Also, there's an achievement for use all of the same mech in a custom squad. And conveniently, there's an achievement for all flying mechs, which the the ice artillery is also flying. (laughs) So did you have to get uh, go through enough runs to get enough guys that all had the armor thing or whatever? No, I only had one... Because you can only take one pilot in, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. You have the one... Basically, so that's it... your. You have your primary one. Primary one of the three mechs is the one that has the shield, and then the other two just have to deal with it the normal ways. Right. Of like either repairing out or parking over emergency holes or right. that kind of thing. That sounds mildly frustrating. So, if you want to go for a strategy like that, does that mean you have to play a game beforehand to get the pilot that you want in order to bring that into the. Well, next no, because you unlock them. So, you can choose any pilot. They just won't have the XP from the previous runs. So, they, they won't have their extra they're... skills if you right. start with a fresh, but that doesn't really matter because you get enough XP usually. Except, obviously, with the free squad, no, no XP for anyone either because you're not killing anything. You're not getting XP. Huh. That's kind of funny. But that pilot still gets the one you bring, still has a, like a passive. Yeah, so. they, that's where the armor or the shields or whatever, right, they start right, right. with that one thing and then they level up twice more to get two more other okay. effects. Yeah, I, I, I was a bit worried like when they started at like level one or something, they didn't have their abilities and they had to, they had to earn it. So no, they, they just have their main ability and not the yeah, second okay. ones. But yeah, the pure ice squad was pretty funny. Particularly, you take the ice squad to the ice island where there's already a lot of things that cause ice. There was definitely a couple of missions on that map on that island where I was just basically doing nothing a turn because I'd already frozen all the enemies on the map. I was just like, "Well, I just I just sit here." Yeah. Other, sorry, I'm, a little, I'm still a little confused on the pilot thing. So, like, how does it work with the other two pilots? They randomized. You get like generic NPC pilots for the other two, uh, but then if you find the other pilots in time pods in that run, you can get right, the special right, right. pilots for I those see. slots. So the generics don't have abilities. They don't have the passive abilities, but they can still level up 
twice to get the two little extra to get some extra, like one extra reactor or one extra move or whatever. Right, but nothing fancy. Yeah, none of the fancy abilities. Still helpful though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you I, game yeah, time pod I, pilot and that pilot bites the dust. Can you go back to one of your generics? If you kept them, because you can also sell the pilots off for reputation. So sell the pilots. Well, you know, you donate them to the defense of, of the all, island. Or what whatever. kind of organization is this? <laughs> could you sell you your pilots in FDL? I can't remember. You could sell your weapons no, and shit. I don't think you could sell crew, could you? No, you could buy crew but not sell them. Mm. Well, hmm. actually, I don't know. Because there's remember. that cell box. Could you drag? No, because your crew doesn't appear in the shop. Maybe. No. Yeah. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I keep coming back to that, that the the difficulty thing though. It's like I've, I've definitely I'm pretty like I can take almost I can take no grid damage on easy, and then I'm pretty sure there's I can't avoid taking a bunch of grid damage on normal currently. <laughs> and you were talking about like not taking any grid damage on normal, and it's like oh man. <laughs> I don't know if I can manage that. Maybe with these other squads. Because when I watched you streaming, you'd only just started the game or whatever, and you were playing normal, and you were definitely, obviously, you got killed. Because <laughs> I got completely murdered on the first yeah. fucking mission I tried. Yeah. So it's like, well, I don't know. But you've got to the point where you can avoid taking grid damage, really, on normal, right? <laughs> well, the funny thing is about these videos that I've uploaded, well, and the videos I haven't uploaded yet. Basically, I've only failed like three runs ever, and two of them were in the videos. In the video, <laughs> and the third one was the first time I tried the free Frozen Titans squad because right. I didn't quite understand how they worked with the ice. <laughs> Wait, they're the only ones you've ever failed. Yeah. Wow. I succeeded the first try on all the other squads. Wow. But you must have taken was... some grid damage. Like, well, quite... yeah, it was, some of them were worse runs than others. Yeah. Like the first try I did with the with that third squad, the laser and pull and and ram mech, that was very close to failing a couple of times. I think the problem is that like, just the even though it's very bare bones, the kind of plot and setting makes you feel really terrible if the freaking building full of people gets murderized. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess. There's only like a hundred people. <laughs> it's just a hundred. <laughs> Not yeah. like the number of people that would be actually in a skyscraper. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But like, yeah, like just Partially staring at the just staring at the end turn button when you've tried to make every move you can and you know you're about to lose like... like well, you never know, you might get 15% resist. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah, so some dice rolls going. Well, on, it's man. just that the okay. resistant percentage chance on yeah. the buildings. I mean, the main one, Rob, that I don't think we mentioned last time, that I think is the main one, it, compared to like chess, sure. is when the big one is when the enemies emerge, they then move. So you don't know what kind of enemy it is, so you yeah. can't predict what it's going to do. But you can see it's move. No, no. well, no. not until it's move. Okay. So it emerges. If yeah. you could see what kind of enemy was about to emerge, you could prioritize which hold block, and that would mm. make things even more easy, I guess. And you could also count like count squares of movement and, from yeah. that hold. So you could see what, it, but you don't know what it's going to be, and then it immediately moves. So Isn't you can't kind of counter to the whole game's like time foresight premise. You can't. Well, that's the one sure, thing you can't I'm see. I'm not sure there is a time foresight premise, really. I mean. It's, it's only abstracted in the fight in like because they don't it's not 
the way the dialogue that the pilots do talk makes it suggest that it's not you having time travel powers, it's just the enemies are really slow to react to changing situations. Right. So it's like an AI has read, oh, I know what I'm gonna, what they're gonna do. Yeah. Because of how they act. Yeah. Right. It's not not actually. Not or even though there is time travel, it's not that sort of time travel. Yeah. Supposedly, yeah. or that's what they suggest. I mean, that make okay. That makes a bit of sense because, like, otherwise. Like the actions you would have taken would have changed time, therefore you can't foresee it, right? I mean, there is still the, there is still the localized breach, the reset turn, where once a battle you can jump yeah, back yeah. that turn. I do use that even. I mean, even on easy, there's some difficult situations for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, especially I mean, at the start of missions because the easy like reduces the spawn rates, but yeah. it doesn't affect the start of the mission. So the missions sort of on normal they start normal and then get harder at least they do for me and on easy they start normal and get easier yeah kind of like as soon as well as soon as like when you have like a hornet spawns and you just do two damage to it and it dies it's like <laughs> the nor- on normal you'd get like two more enemies whereas on easy you'd only get one more to replace it so it's like it's not actually getting harder over time if you're yeah. managing the kills better exactly but like it, it just needs an in-between for me i wish i could just adjust that spawn rate to be in between easy and normal but maybe i just need to get better at it and use the better squads and i'll be fine it's just like i don't know yes see those synergies also, speaking of the, let's go back to the freezing squad. I discovered a, a like the the thing where the shield prevents the self freeze is weird because like shouldn't the freeze be inside your shield <laughs> technically? I guess, yeah. <laughs> mm. but it's just like that's generically how shields work. They prevent they prevent status effects, but not but they break on damage. So unless it's, it's like you know like a get a nice gas or something that comes out and then spreads around, so it comes out the end of your nozzle, and that's when it sort of really gets outside potent. your shield. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. But the like, so the way that the shields prevent prevent status effects but break with damage means that any status effect that doesn't do damage gets prevented by a shield. But if it's a enemy that fire, like there's an enemy that fires an acid shot, so it applies acid, but it also does damage. Which means if the acid shot fires at a shield, the the one damage of the shot breaks the shield. shield and then the, the acid, acid falls on the you. floor, and then that acid pool then hits the thing that was shielded with the acid. Right. Yeah, so it's so slightly counterintuitive. Yeah. Then like, well, yeah, I get that. So the shield isn't totally effective against acid. That's... But then the other thing I found that was like also counterintuitive, but kind of real useful for the freezing squad was that like there's the type of mission where you have to defend a train, and the train trundles across the map in like two square spaces, and if it runs into anything, it gets destroyed. Mm. So you have to keep enemies out of the way, and you have to keep yourself out of the way, and you have to not let the enemies also attack the train as it's trundling along. Turns out the movement of the train is irrelevant. So what you do is you just freeze the train. <laughs> oh wow! Don't care about those people on the train. We'll just freeze it. Well, you can freeze buildings as well. They don't care. <laughs> you get little text pop-ups from the people in the building like, Jesus, this is gold. And it's like, no, they're still fighting there. <laughs> okay. Enough to freeze a train solid, but people, yeah, well, they're fine. Well, it's the inside. I assume ice just layers on the outside of whatever I you're guess. freezing. Why would you freeze a building? Because it prevents, it's like a shield. The, oh, the really? ice, the ice takes, the next hot, takes the next hit. <laughs> Doesn't make it more brittle in the typical no. game style. So yeah, freeze the train is quite a useful tactic because it makes the train not move and it also gives it a shield, essentially, if you do decide to attack it. Huh. <laughs> That's funny. It's gone, man. 
yeah, that game's good. Cool. What else you got? What else have I got? I've got, um, well, I guess I played Surviving Mars, I suppose. Yeah. What? I know very little about this. I've seen, like, vaguely that it seems to be... Is it... <sighs> Is it a survival game or is it more of a management game? It looks like a management game it's from a the trailer. Building game, basically. Right, right. Yeah. It's made by the people who made Tropico free and onwards. Oh, uh, Calypso? Not anymore. Not anymore. They're called Hegemons or something now. All oh, right. I'm not sure if Calypso was actually just a publisher or something or like, uh, like a sub studio. Oh, uh, it might be actually. Yeah. But before it got Deep Silver or whoever yeah, it was. Yeah. So it's made by the Tropico people and published by Paradox, the people who, who made City Skylines. So mm-hmm. It has some very similar, like the the first screen you see has a very City Skylines kind of menu to it. Right. And the rest does like that kind of thing. But yeah, it's basically just a city building thing on Mars with some, you know, the problems of Mars. <laughs> lots of domes. Yep, lots of domes. Got to build biodomes, put your people in. Technically, you don't have to, which is slightly weird, because depending on... Well, this is the this is where this game does some slightly interesting things, which is that the tech tree is randomised, only sort of... It's partially and also randomised. Like, the main tech tree has always has all the text in it, but in, like, sections of it, the order of them is randomised. Okay. And I'm not sure how randomized. I don't know how far off, up or down individual texts could go because I think cheap texts are always relatively cheap but maybe not like in exactly the same order every time. Hmm. So that kind of... I see, so you can't... So it's trying to make it so you can't just follow a pattern. Yeah, or as easily. You have to like research some other tech in order to unlock tech that you would have had yeah. earlier in that previous game. and then Making at... you have to cope for longer with a bad situation yeah. potentially. And then at the bottom of the tech tree, you get these breakthrough techs, which are randomised per game, and you don't get all of them. Mm. So different games will have different breakthroughs that you discover through the course of the course of the game that can completely alter how you're playing that game. So how is it structured? Like in the sense that, like, do, is it like mission based, and it's like here's a world, here's a thing you've got to achieve, go, or is, it, or is it just like more of a sandbox? Because the way it, the way it works is like it's essentially a sandbox. But it, it, at the start of the game, it has a mystery that's like you choose at the start of the game or you can choose random. So it's Space Cluedo. <laughs> yes. It has a mystery that you choose at the start of the game or it randomly picks, uh, which is like the story. But it, that only starts happening sort of in the mid to late game. Because you have, you have goals where it's like milestones that you achieve and there's like the mission evaluation, which is also randomised, hmm. where it's like by day 100, research 30 texts, or by day 100, have 200 people. So those are, those, the mission evaluation is randomised as well. And then sh- normally shortly after the mission evaluation, the mystery starts coming in, where it's like you don't know, it's the story of this mission, where it's like something weird happens. So like the one that I, first one I did was like, this mysterious alien mining drill has landed and is starting to take resources off the planet. And it's like, if we don't, deal with this, it might steal all our resources and then we'll die. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, then you're like, what are you, what are you going to do about this alien mind? Are you going to leave it alone or are you going to try to analyse it? Are you going to, to fucking blow, blow it up? up? Yeah. <laughs> so you, then, you know, that leads to, here's some more, like, more mining drills coming. Here comes a real big one. What are you going to do? And then you have to, like, deal with the UN. It's like, you attack aliens for no reason. What are you, what are you bastards? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So what? But so what if you do nothing? Or did you just? Well, that was why. Yeah. That was why I did. Which um, unfortunately was like they hadn't quite thought of that because I did nothing and they they still accused me of attacking them. Oh really? <laughs> well, it's because you're meant to you're meant to attack them at least once because you get a bonus to the research to find out what they are basically. But right. or you can just have that research take longer. And because the idea is that they're stealing your resources, so your like the resources on the map are depleting. But I was playing on a map with so much resources, I didn't actually care. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I don't even have to worry about them stealing all my resources because there's so many resources on this map, it's not even a problem. They can take what they want. I don't. I don't really care. So yeah, when it came to the UN meeting and someone accused me of blowing them up, I was like, No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that sounds like a flaw. <laughs> yeah, I think they just missed that one. But yeah, so I did that, and then like the second mission I played. A, 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 a suspicious private military corporation on Earth sent a, sends a rover to Mars and you discover that it has weapons and it's being used as a weapon test, which is clearly in violation of the UN treaties or whatever. And you're like, do we expose them or do we do we blackmail them for money? <laughs> 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 Be like, we won't, we won't tell the UN about what you're doing, but you have to pay us. <laughs> yeah, and just don't do it near us. That's yeah, fine. just leave us alone. But then, of course, at the end, the UN finds out anyway because of whistleblowers, and then the corporation is like, fuck you, I'm going to kill your Mars base. And then you have to defend against that. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, mysteries. Oh, what, you're, you're someone in your base leaks? So yeah, someone in your base it. leaks that you've been breaking yeah. this company. <laughs> well, not breaking them, blackmailing the other way around. So, yeah, you have to deal with that. So yeah, that's the the randomised elements of this game make the different playthroughs slightly more random. Yeah, that's kind of a neat idea. In fairness, like so, like I'm using Factorio as the example in my head here. To yeah. Like, you know, some of the problems you have with each game you play on it. <laughs> yeah. But you know the problems aren't necessarily of your own devising. No. That's kind of neat. Yeah. And not harsh like you know SimCity disasters. Well, I mean. You have because I guess the pro, you know, we're in those old styles. It's like something happened, but that was just a thing that happened. It didn't really change your strategy necessarily. Yeah, that was the thing about like the disasters. It was basically just you're essentially just the disaster would happen, and then you just pay a certain amount of money to clean remove up. that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in this, I guess you know there are disasters, but then you know also depends on the map. Like when you start, you have the globe of Mars, and you choose where you want to start, and you can be like. I don't want to go in a place where there's meteors all the time, or I do. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Or dust storms, or ice spell, uh, cold spells, or whatever. Hmm. And it's quite a nice map of Mars, even, and it has some like locations marked on it where it's like you can choose to found your colony at the Curiosity landing site if you want. Because <laughs> okay. that's a that's marked cool. location on the map. That's quite that's cool. Sweet. <laughs> and I don't know if you'd actually find Curiosity there because the ran on some of the. Like random anomalies you can scan on the map. I found like other famous Mars probes that failed, like old Soviet ones and stuff. I think I found Beagle too as well <laughs> on one of the maps. But it's I'm not just sure a that... hole in the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure that's tied to the actual location on Mars. I think that's just a, like a random. We found this Mars probe that <laughs> disappeared, so, <laughs> except not necessarily where it was. Can you do maximum science and make pod potatoes? Well, I mean, you have to. You pretty much have to do hydroponics or whatever. There is an achievement for when you first bring colonists to Mars. 
it goes into what it calls the founders phase where you have to basically you're not allowed to bring any more colonists until those colonists have survived for a certain period of time basically right. <laughs> you have to prove that you're not just sending everyone into a death trap <coughs> but there's an achievement for only having one founder the mark mark Watney show that's cool <laughs> from the movie of course that's cool <laughs> i like that so yeah and there's, you know, uh, various other references to the Martian. Yeah, that has to be. <laughs> In the tech tree, there's little flavor text where it's like talking about biology and whatnot. <laughs> yep. I'm a botanist. Yep. <laughs> about fearing his botany powers and all that. Yep. Great. Fear his botany powers. <laughs> but yeah, and then, so... This game sounds rare. It's fairly cool, but it's got... Oh, yeah. There's two problems with it, really, which is first, the first one is that, like, it is still a fairly simplistic thing overall. Mm. Like, there's not really any production chains or anything, really. Right. It's like, you dig up metal, and then the metal can be turned into mechanical components, and that's it. And it's just like, buildings require maintenance, where it's like, wind turbines require 0.5 mechanical po- components for maintenance every so cycle or whatever. not necessarily complex enough resource management no, for your tastes. not really. But then the the other problems are more sort of well, there's some that are bugs and some that are like more like design flaws. So you have different specializations of colonists that you can get, like botanists and engineers or whatever. And obviously, they work better in certain buildings. Like you want the botanists working the farms because they produce extra crops compared to mm-hmm. everyone else. You want the engineers working in the factories. You want the geologists working in the mines. And it's like so that's obviously good. And there is some ways to manage that. But the manual ways to manage it are like incredibly tediously micromanaging. Like you select an individual person and you say you work there, and you select another individual person and you work there. And you obviously they try. Say, and, I want they, I want a couple of uh, botanists here, please. Yeah, but I mean they try and do it automatically. So like botanists will automatically try and work in farms if there's if there's farms, and it'll automatically try and shuffle people around as your population changes to best exploit. And you can set buildings priorities to be like, I want more people working here more critically. So even if you've got, even if you're on the wrong specialization, I just need this building to be working at full capacity, regardless of whether you're not as good as an engineer in this factory or whatever. Mm. So you can do that. But the trouble comes when, like, as your population gets bigger and you start filling up individual domes with buildings, you see you need more space. It gives you a theoretical way to manage this where you could go into a menu on the dome and and basically set filters so you can be like I mainly want my geologists to live in this dome but not any of the botanists because there's no farms so the botanists have to go into this other dome and it's like theoretically that's meant to automate that as well but the trouble is that system doesn't actually work when your population has filled all available living quarters because it needs a slot to move people in and out of oh, it see. can't swap them directly so as soon as your population fills all the living space, they just don't move around any longer, and it kind of breaks that whole system. Right. And uh, the other problem with that is that your people, your colonists won't stop fucking breeding. <laughs> Which is, like, you think <laughs> on a Mars mission, yeah. that would be the kind of thing you'd be able to say, stop that. <laughs> and can, can I just push the sterilise button? Well, not sterilise, <laughs> like, stop doing it for a while. We're at maximum capacity here. But they keep doing it. They, it, they do Get stop... Get the pills out. They do stop eventually once like homelessness has reached a certain level but firstly that's on a per dome basis mm. so people in other domes that haven't bred up to that level will still catch up even though one dome is super overpopulated or whatever 
and like because the homelessness is like population on top of how much population space you already had that makes it even worse for people not moving around because I mean, now you can't even really free slots in your buildings to let people shuffle i guess i had to put some amount of total recall in this right <laughs> <laughs> i guess but yeah that's just like there's ways they could fairly easily fix that with some patches and then there is a couple of bugs like when you're in that situation where your population has filled up everything at long distances, people will try and move between domes by like these shuttles where they come pick them up and take them over to a new dome. But because of the way it blocks people actually moving in and out properly in the maximum population system, what, what will happen is the shuttle will go to the person and pick them up, take them to where they were meant to move to the new dome. They get there, they realise that they can't actually move there because it's completely full. And then come all the way back. And then they come all the way back, except they don't come all the way back in the shuttle. They just walk and then they die. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like... It, doesn't realise that it needs to pick them up again on, on, after they've been dropped off. It assumes that it's done its job or whatever, and then oh. they just choose to walk across the whole map. Because they can walk between close stones, but mm. apparently when they get dropped off by a shuttle, it doesn't really register that they're really far away from where they're meant to be. That's silly. <laughs> yes, so that's a bug that will hopefully get fixed. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a, a fairly decent reason to manage your stuff better, I suppose, but... Still, but yeah, but you kind of can't. That it's, is the problem. Yeah, when when stu- the problem with like management games like that is like stupid things that w- people wouldn't do. Yeah, just you know, yeah, shouldn't, shouldn't work like that. Shouldn't happen. And there should just be an option to stop people from breeding anymore. Because that's a, yeah. you're or, living or in a goddamn least... sealed biodome and you're growing very specific amounts of foods in farms. You should not be allowed to just have children whatever the fuck you want. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Put measures in place to re- to reduce it, at the very least. And there was also accidents happen. There's also the problem with like old people as well, because they just clog up the whole system as, again. <laughs> oh no! Can you can you go full on Logan's Run and have like have like a renewal or whatever they called it? Um, well, I did make the old person dome where it's just like it's it's filtered to prioritise old people to move there, and it's just basically houses. <laughs> like old people go over there, get out of the way, so my work slots can be freed up. And then I don't really care about you if you die or get pissed off. <laughs> you're in the old person dome. Trouble with that is that you actually do need some. If you're going to keep the old people reasonably happy, you need some regular workers to work the facilities, right? Like the, like the shops <laughs> and whatnot. Or you just send them to die, I guess, if you're a master. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's talk dome theming. Yeah. Can, can we have the Thunder Dome? That was, I did see that and someone had posted that in a thread where it's like, if we're going to deal with this overpopulation, I'm going to create a Thunder Dome where I just assign two people to it, turn the power off and let them die and whoever survives comes out and then we <laughs> assign the next one in. <laughs> Literal Thunder Dome. Oh, that's cool. Whoever survives longer gets to stay alive. What about a Pleasure Dome? Kind, well... I suppose that would just be amenities, right? Yeah. And that is sort of the other problem is that you can't... Every dome has to have certain amenities, essentially, because you can't have you can't have a dome that's just amenities and have people from nearby residential domes go to that one. They only see amenities in their own dome. So, what, about, what about a chrome dome? <laughs> well, the domes have skins, but not no, really. No chrome. I mean, that's can't it. make the entire thing chrome, or have only bald people in it. I've only I've only seen the two skins that come with the game. Apparently, there's a third skin that comes as like the digital deluxe edition or whatever. I haven't seen that skin. Don't know whether that's Chrome. The default skins are like basically no skin, where it's like just a, a see-through dome, and then there's the wireframe skin, where it gets like an actual 
structural. <laughs> it looks more like it could actually survive rather than just being a mysterious dome. <laughs> structural elements. I'm, I'm running out of domes. Yes. In fairness, I can't keep this joke going. No. The only thing I came up with was the, was the gnome dome. <laughs> dome full of gnomes. Dome full of gnomes. Or the dome of gnome. It'd be a very small dome. Gnome dome. <laughs> gnome dome and the dome of gnome. The dome of gnome is just a singular giant gnome. <laughs> It seems like an okay game. It, you know, we'll see how it gets supported because mm. you know, City Skylines has had continuous DLC, but it's also had free patches in conjunction with yeah. the DLC that have still added quite a lot to it. Yeah, so like the DLC added stuff, but the patches added fixes and mechanics, and, and yeah, and little bits of stuff mm. like stuff that was always like sort of hinders towards the DLC. Right. Like, yeah. If you got the DLC, you could get this, but more of it. Mm. Which is a neat approach, but yeah, I wonder if that will still be because you know Paradox is publishing this, but it's not as much their game as sure, 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 sure. So if they're still in, still in Paradox, the same business practices, <laughs> but in Paradox aren't the developers of Paradox aren't developers. No, they are just a publisher. Yeah, but... the Skylines people is I forget what they're called. Yeah, but Paradox is slightly more feels slightly more in control of Skylines than this. This feels slightly more like it was that studio making a thing in the Paradox. Right, like, yeah, yeah, we could publish it. I guess it's similar to our other game. Yeah. And it has workshop it, it support, be, so maybe mods. Oh, yeah, it could just be an example of the publisher being hands-off until, yeah, you know, to see see what comes out. And then and then when it comes out, perhaps they then take hold of it to be like, okay, you've done well here. Like, can we do some more? Yeah. And mods as well. So maybe we'll get maybe some... It seems like they made a, you know... <laughs> On the Steam page, they made their classically slightly big deal about mod support, where it's like, it's full mod support, whatever, and it's Steam Workshop enabled and all that stuff. But by the looks of the mods that already exist, it seems like the modding system is maybe not as open as they might have claimed it was. Right, right. Like, it's very basic mods so far, but maybe that's just because it's quite early. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Because this didn't go through... Did it go through early access? Yeah, it did. Okay. Not a very long early access, I don't know, but it was on there for a while. I don't remember hearing about it until it actually came out, in fairness. I definitely so, saw a few, you know, pre preview videos of slightly earlier versions. Not that much earlier though. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I feel like I maybe already have played enough of it for now. Right. Maybe I just want the bugs fixed. Yeah. I want the dome controls moving people just, around. Just refining a little. Yeah. yeah. Get that because I started like I started another game and I was like it's good in the early game until those problems start coming in. Mm. <laughs> and then I know I'm going to be annoyed by them. I, I think it's got a good look to it. Yeah. Like, like from what I've seen. Because it's like, and then looking at it from just what you see on the Steam page, it's like a bit because it's called Surviving Mars as well, which I don't think helps. <laughs> like you sort of look at it and go, uh, from, from the outside looking in, you're just sort of like, oh, this is going to be another survival game, but we're on Mars. Well, oh, I mean, was, that could still be a good game. Was, I mean, it could, but you know, like my, from my perspective, I'm looking and go, oh, another survival game. And then you actually watch the trailer and you're like, Oh no! This is this is the man- management. Oh, and, and actually, there's there's more detail to the. Okay, this actually looks fairly decent. You know, like proper production in it and stuff. Yeah, it's fairly nice. Yeah, cool. I'm, I've, and has some interesting ideas, and also has a very weird take on soundtrack. Okay, because <laughs> it has 
its soundtrack is organized into radio stations so it's sort of like themes of music i guess it's got mechanical man on it <laughs> so the first channel is like is just surviving mars <laughs> the radio channel and that's like generic sort of city builder slash sci-fi. It's like SimCity crossed with Mass Effect. Okay, I can get behind that. And in fact, some of the some of the music has sound effects that I'm like, these might have just been ripped straight out of SimCity 4's soundtrack because I'm literally <laughs> hearing the same sound effects, <laughs> right? Which is kind of weird. The same um, uh, what's it called? The, the the sort of garage band sound set, <laughs> like um. I, I, I might have talked about this on the podcast before, but I ended up like falling down a down a thread about um, the Bastion soundtrack, right? Right, and how the majority of the samples used in that are just standard Apple Garage Band stuff. <laughs> oh, right. But it's just been arranged in a nice way. <laughs> it's like not not to knock Darren Cole because I you know I think that stuff's genius. I think it's really good, and I'm, I'm not one of the naysayers here. Mm. But you know, it's up, there was quite a lot of backlash when people found that out. They'd be like, hey, he's not done anything special here. He's just not stuck together. He has done special, something yeah, exactly. special to make it's, them shitty, like the normal thing's good. That argument doesn't apply to me. That's like taking any samplist or turntablist and saying, hey, you haven't come up with anything original here. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, that doesn't, doesn't hold water in me. So it's like, there's that soundtrack. Then the second tra- soundtrack is called Red Frontier, which is, <laughs> which is cowboy music, basically. <laughs> okay. Guitars and mouth harps. Space Rebels. And I'm just like, that's, I mean, I guess that makes sense, thematically, kind of, but it's a bit, like, overdone. It's a bit too cowboy. Like, okay, this is, I can't really stand to listen to this for very long, because it's a bit too much. Too much mouth harps. It's so fun for a little while, but after a while, it's like, I'm I'm, I'm done with the cowboy bebop reference. Let's let's move on. And then the third one is called Free Earth Radio, which makes another random abrupt change into 60s surf guitars. (laughs) Okay. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's weird. Sand. Yeah, okay, maybe. Sand, I don't know. Sand, sand, and sand. And then the f- last channel is called the Mars Official Radio Channel, which is sort of just loops back around to sort of similar to the first, sort of semi sci fi. Is it, is it called that just because it acronyms to Mork a little bit? Not the right spelling of Mork, but. I don't think so. Okay. And then those last two radio channels also have announcers who come on occasionally to say stuff. Oh, interesting. Although they've fallen into the classic trap there of not recording enough of them. Right. So they repeat quite quickly. Hey, it's DJ Atomica. <laughs> and, and some of them are a bit long, so when they repeat, you're like, oh, I've already heard this joke, and it's quite a long joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need to hear that again. For some reason, whenever we hit, have that sort of complaint about something, I always think back to Mad World. Do you remember that? Well, I mean, you were the one who played that, and I can understand oh, right, right. how that would get quite annoying after yeah. a long time. I, I don't think... I mean, the colour commentary, like, you, you have to like that style of humour, but <laughs> the fact is, is it didn't stop. No. Like, and, and to the point where if you were doing something that you'd, you'd done before in that level or done a gi- or did a gimmick in that level that you'd done before, you'd get that commentary that you heard the first time. Yeah. And it's like, don't stop. Just, like, don't stop? No, just stop. Stop. Yeah. Please stop. It's like, don't don't repeat. It's like it's a, it's much worse when it's puns or jokes, which is like it's funny the first time you hear it, and then every other time you hear it, it's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not like the NHL announcers, right? Where they were actually kind of funny. It didn't because the jokes were quite quick. Yeah. Um, and the you, old and NHL announcers before they got serious. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't as important. Don't trust the smoke. Oh, you got that announcer as well, which is always genius. <laughs> like the, the stadium announcer and the commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Don't trust the smiling penguin. Yeah, those radio stations kind of weird. Weird, kind of a weird way to organise yourself. Yeah, 
and also just weird selection of music. Yeah, that's slightly <laughs> bizarre. No Psytrance. No. <laughs> Although, there, again, Digital Deluxe Edition, there's another radio station. No Who knows what's in that? No future dubstep. <laughs> maybe cool. maybe there'll be mods to insert more radio stations. Or, you know, custom soundtrack. Well, that is what I mean. Mm. It would be. Put a new radio station in with your custom sounds. Don't know how that would work. Jetset Radio! Bam, yeah. bam, bam, bam. I'm not sure you'd be able to <laughs> upload anything <laughs> you wanted to the CV workshop, exactly. No, probably not. Probably just someone would have modded it to just yeah. make your own. Just like, looks at a folder. Yeah. And you you put what you want in that folder. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that was technically what Hudson Z4 did. You could have a custom soundtrack on that. Could you? Yeah. Was it, or did you have to do the classic thing of like renaming files? Or I don't think you did. I just chuck them in the folder and it goes. Yeah, I think so. Huh. Doesn't GTA 4 do that as well? Where you can have like a folder full of stuff? Yeah, I think that was. That, yeah. That did that as well. Forza Horizon makes you use groove music. Like if you have a groove music subscription, which which, which won't exist for much longer, right? Like you can you can tune to your groove <laughs> they made music a good channel. Choice there. Yeah, they did. Microsoft <laughs> went a bit too too deep. I just opened groove music on my Windows computer to play those sound effects earlier on, and it now has a little banner saying, "Do you want to sign up for Spotify?" <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what they're doing because they're shutting down groove music. They are transferring. Yeah. Um, the people who had subscriptions to Spotify, which is kind of nice of them. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but it's like, like I think they said they're going to rename. <laughs> yeah, I think they said they're going to rename that app as well, so it's not going to be Groove Music anymore. It's yeah. going to be like music. music or, or, yeah. yeah. A sound recorder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Media player. Is that it? That's you done. Uh, Those two main things. I guess. Yeah, we played some. Factorio and Rocket League, as you do. As you do. I actually started fucking playing another map of C Block in Factorio. No oh god. C Block has been updated the most recent Factorio version, so I'm like, oh, well, yep, get back into that. Try again. Now with knowledge <laughs> of how that works, so I can do it maybe more efficiently. <laughs> and actually, it's been rebalanced quite a lot. The mods that make up C Block and the like overarching C Block mod that balances those mods have all been shifted around a bit to make it. Slightly less Tweet, tedious in the early game. To make work a bit better. <laughs> yes, less tedious in the early game and like a few different options, like for oil. Now there's farming is in one of the um, one of the other mods that is in C block. Farming to make oil, so you can make natural versions of the oil products. Mm. Whereas before you'd use coal and then you'd break the coal down through the the typical factorio process that, that's in base factorio for that. But making coal was like such a giant hassle in C block, and you kind of want, you know, with the farming, you can now separate it out a bit better, and it has its own systems for that. So, and it's another puzzle to solve, I guess. Yep. You're not just reusing a normal factory sure. thing, you're making a new thing. It's changed enough that you've got something to figure out. I think the main thing that's better in. This, the most recent version of Factorio C block is that since they updated the terrain, it doesn't have the weird glitches that 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 uh, landfill used to have because in the older versions of Factorio, landfill used to do weird things like you could place if you were going, I think it was east or south, you could place one tile, but it would like fill in extra tiles that it shouldn't do because it was like filling in. It was like detecting edges and not and like 
filling in extra space that it shouldn't have, but only if you were going okay. in those directions. So you could fill in more space than you should be able to for the same amount of landfill. Okay. But now, now they kind of got now they because it used to be the edges of the water land transition in Factorio were like there was an extra square that didn't really count as either. So you couldn't build on it, but it also didn't. You could walk on it. Hmm. So you couldn't build there, but you could walk on there, and you couldn't put like you couldn't put concrete tiles there. Actually, you couldn't put concrete tiles and like free tiles away from water for no particular reason. But now in the modern version, the most recent patches of Factorio, they've sort got of rid of all that, made it fully tile-based, so one bit of landfill fills in one tile, and you can concrete right up to the edge of the water, and it creates a nice actual texture where it looks like the concrete's, you know, yeah, yeah. like a dock edge or whatever. Just a bit of re refinement that was needed, yes, rather than an arbitrary rule. Yeah, so it looks it looks better and functional. Looks a bit more angular. That's the one slight problem yeah. with it. Everything looks like more sharp edges and weird ninety degree corners in the water land transitions. But yeah, I can more see functional. Why, I can see why they probably did that from a naturalist look to it. But yeah, but then not, not a lot about Factorio has a naturalist look to it. So, so. No. well, the cliffs make it certainly look a bit more real in some ways. Mm, not that that's in C block, of course, but mm. it's a nice feature if you don't mind inconvenience. <laughs> Like, is that game coming out anytime soon? Well, they've just sort of said that like the next version should be 1.0 if there aren't any major bugs. <laughs> right. So probably this year it should come out. Interesting. Okay. For reals. For realsies. Game of the year. Yeah, uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Rocket League do their spring event, which you need to get into. What is that? Well, it's the same as the Christmas and Halloween Oh, thing. I mean, just stuff? Yeah, get stuff, get the cryptos. Oh, hell yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> uh, and I've been on my very casual sine wave curve of rank. I briefly was in champion, and I'd won six out of the ten games I'd need to get the champion rewards. Mm, okay. But then I started the downslope down of my sign curve. Ah, oh, boo. And now I'm back down to Diamond 1 again. <laughs> and I've just started going up, so, you know, another month or so, maybe I'll be back to champion. <laughs> Get the champion gear. I want that champion gear, that'll be the first time I will have managed it. Hmm. I've never got diamond gear, so... <laughs> you could have, though. You've never been, we've never been in a diamond category. We've been up to Platinum 3, right? You and Kim have like, I guess, yeah. got that high a couple of times. Yeah. So it's not that far from that. I guess. We're running, we're running long and I still haven't really started to talk. How much have you got to talk about? I've got five games. Oh. How do you have five games? So we've got two more minutes. Uh, yeah. According to my clock. Uh, yeah, I, I've okay. been playing things, so... <laughs> oh, God. Okay, let's listen. Oh, right. I'll, I will try and be fast. Uh, okay. No one was disappointed. We had to talk about Into the Breach more this time. That was for certain. Well, yeah. Because we barely talked about it last time. I don't have to talk too much about Gears of War 4. Well, no. Other than I finished it. I still remain technically impressed with that. Yeah. But I had the thought after finishing it, and it finishes on... Well, let's say the story in that game is rubbish. <laughs> um, and also... And has it the, has none. And, and it doesn't has, make any sense. Well, and has, none. like, the classic Halo 4 problem of, like... We have to create more story when we'd already tied up a, a free game series. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's, there's, it just doesn't make any sense. This whole the whole game by the end of it, you're just like, well, what did we do that for? 
which is which is the worst way to end a game. It makes the whole thing feel pointless. And it's like, okay, maybe if that was what you were going for, maybe you could have dealt, you know, uh, what's the word? Dwelled on dwell, dwelt, dwell. You could dwell on the idea of pointlessness more. I mean, they already but, kind of did that in the other Gears of War games, sort of. But where like you come to the end, it's like, oh, everything's even more fucked. <laughs> Yeah, but you kind of feel like you what you set out to achieve, you achieved. Whereas in this, what you set out to achieve, even that is pointless, right? Like, like what you what you end up doing by the end of that game has absolutely no benefit to anyone. Kinda, kinda. And then there's there is a callback to like the original series and that, but you're not going to know that. Had you only played Gears of War four, but why would right? you? Only and that's and that, that's the key moment of the ending of that game where it, it zooms in on this thing and goes, <gasps> and then you're just like, and it's Coltrane's face, and he goes, "Woo!" <laughs> I mean, he is in it, yeah. as it turns out. Exactly. And it, and and in fairness, that is one of the best parts of the game is there's there is a band getting back together sequence towards the end, and that has the unfortunate <laughs> side effect of you going. Man, this game would be way better if it just had them in it. Yep. Yeah. These new characters suck. <laughs> so I had the having finished this and like I I I spent a couple of hours in horde mode. Heard mode. Heard mode. <laughs> horde mode. Um uh, online. Weird. And it's like it's fine, but that has the problem that every horde mode in Gears of War does is that the standard length of a game, if you want to do the fifty wave mode which it sets up for you is many many hours yeah and uh, we basically the, the, the server i ended up joining into we managed to the last all the way except i had to frustratingly leave at wave 47 <sighs> having yeah having played through all of this time and it's like i had to go somewhere and it's like balls um uh, and this was like nearly three hours at this point and it got real tedious yeah, like how, uh, how pissed all those other, those other people were. yeah I know. but in fairness they had it we had it down like <laughs> yeah nothing, but with four people with five people yeah, and in fairness nothing was really a problem um we'd just you know we'd set up such a massive turret array <laughs> that it was like um and a couple of manned turrets to take things out at range that you know nothing nothing was a pro- would be a problem for them um and that was and we'd, we'd achieved that by halfway through the game. Mm. And so it just became a bit of a breeze. And it's like, this doesn't need to be this long. This is where games like Salmon Run have nailed it, right? Like, the, 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 the run is short. Like, do you feel it's... like Salmon Run might be too short? Oh, but, it's, but, but, in but, but it escalates real fast, right? The one, two, and three, like, it, sure. they do get hard. But I feel like they could spread it out that same amount of escalation over more rounds. So you Maybe. Get slightly more variation. Maybe, but then it doesn't fall into the well. And then if they what if they doubled the weapon pool to make it a little more varied per session well, or yeah, all that maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I like the way Salmon Run is. I like the short runs, and it's like yeah, this is this is the other extreme, and it's way too long, and there's not enough to do in that time. Well, um, on whatever difficulty you're on. Yeah, anyway. and it also highlights like you know the actual enemy variance isn't all that interesting. Mm. I'm not sure I ever was thinking about no. it like in any of the Gears games. Which then started posing a bigger question in my head. It's like, has Gears? Am I looking back at Gears in overly nostalgic light? Like, do the old games hold up? Game Pass to the rescue! I have a copy of like uh, my Xbox can run Gears of War Ultimate Edition, <laughs> so I'm playing that. Okay. Um, Gears of War One is a great game, mm-hmm. even now. It holds up. And it's it's just better in like 
almost every conceivable way. It, 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 in fairness, the remaster is pretty decent in that it looks good, mm. um, uh, but it still plays and feels like the original, um, as far as I can tell. You know, slightly janky because it was the first one. Yeah. So it's still got some movement problems and it's got the occasional animation issue and it's got the odd. Oh, I've hit a loading point, so all my teammates are going to randomly appear in front of me. <laughs> Hilarity. Um, uh, and some bad AI in places, blah, blah, blah. It's got all of that. But I don't really care, because it's a hell of a lot more fun in its, in its current state. It's actually like harder in some ways than Gears of War. Well, Gears of War 4 was a cakewalk on hard, hardcore mode, pretty much. And I'm playing this in hardcore mode, and the lethality against you is pretty high. Like, you, you can die pretty quick if you're not paying attention. Um, uh, and you don't have the like down state in hardcore mode. So like if you get you, you get killed outright and you go to a checkpoint, um, rather than like having your teammate be able to revive you, which is just which is fine because your teammates are dying all the time because they're stupid. <laughs> um, and the only reason to have them alive is to draw fire away from you, really. Yeah, naturally. Um, but but it, but the lethality against enemies is slightly higher. Also, they feel a little bit less bullet spongy. They feel a little more reactive because you can do things like the leg shot to stumble them a little bit, mm. setting them up for nice headshots because their head comes down towards their legs. <laughs> so that mechanic is nice and fun. Um, uh, they have a tendency to charge you more in this one. Um, and because you don't feel like, so you focus your fire on them. But it also means that the blind fire feels way more useful because you're not fighting things at ridiculous range all the time. If they're charging you, you can just get behind the cover, not risk yourself and just blind fire over it to do damage and stuff like that. And that's fun. Mm. Like you've made the whole thing that game was built for, you know, blind fire was a kind of a thing, wasn't it? When that game came out, it was like, Hey, you can do this. You can, you don't have to poke your head up. You can just have a random spray if you want whilst moving. And it's like now that, and they actually built the game for that to be useful. Mm. Man, it's a good game. <laughs> it's just, I, I think that uh, like my brain had perhaps made the writing better than it is because it's like it, it i mean there isn't a lot of it no in fairness uh, and it is kind of like i like i'd always said it's just the most of the dialogue is about just getting the job done yeah but that's also kind of why i like it there's not too much stuff to really get wrong if you know what i mean there are some silly characters like i've forgotten most of what the stranded storyline in act two is about like yeah you had the krill section and yeah. most of it is most of it is that but you meet people along the way and they're stupid or, and there's the driving section i'd forgotten about and uh, with the uv cannon and i'd forgotten some stuff about that game they're like the only real disappointment i've had thus far is uh, at the start of so act three was like a pivotal moment in for me like in, in the way it was presented with very high contrast white and black lighting in the rain and that that opening to the to the to the emulsion factory is is was a real n- nice looking thing back in the day. It mm. doesn't hold up, admittedly. So playing it in the original graphics mode, which you can't do in this ultimate edition, but you know if you go and watch videos of the old style, it's like now it looks a bit skank mm. um, just because of the quality of effects and things like that. Um, so they haven't. So the disappointment, I guess, here is that they haven't tried to replicate that impact. And so what you just end up with is a very standard-looking rainy scene rather than that dramatic high-contrast look that the first game went for. Mm. So the start of Act 3 is like is the one place the remaster falls down for me because it's just not as, it's not as dramatic, not as cool. 
not as hey look look at look at the ridiculous amount of specular lighting we can throw around <laughs> um uh it's but it's a better game all around <laughs> it's just there's no hiding it it's like it's a real it's kind of a bummer to, in a way because it's like hey the coalition obviously remade a better game than the one they can make on their own mm. they didn't learn any of the lessons from making the remake <laughs> I mean, like, uh, yeah, but, like, I don't think Gears of Wars is quite the same category, but you can't, like, it's tough to beat Half-Life 2 or, or, or Halo Combat Evolved, you know, is it? Like, it doesn't really matter how long the, you know, how many years go by. It's really tough to beat the uh, classics. Original Halo. Original Halo is great. <laughs> I'd say Halo 2 would be the one to beat out of Halo. Oh, I don't know about that. Maybe. I think Halo 2 refined how the combat systems worked to the point That's where it's better. Whereas Halo 1 probably has the better scenarios. Yeah. It's got the better you know outdoor I mean? stuff. The, the yeah, absolutely. As well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, you, you, the, the whole... Well, it's all about that island, right? That island level is, is, is classic. But... Well, yeah, but also like Assault in the Control Room and stuff has got some good stuff in that valley. Mm. Anyway... Yeah, so it gives a war one. It's the it's a pretty great game. I hope they remaster. Let, let's hope they get around to doing the remakes of two and three because mm. you know, I, I at this rate I'd play those <laughs> over a Gears Five. I mean, three probably still looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, they're all back compat as well, so I could end on Game Pass, so I could just get the three sixty version and play those on on back compat. Uh, which, if I had an X, might support that <coughs> sort of up technology mm. they've got in it, which are that, they might look pretty great. <laughs> anyway, that's a cool game. I just wanted to say that. Like, Gears 1, like, all of, like, I wasn't getting that wrong. My nostalgia is, is justified. <laughs> that game is still cool. Uh, speaking of nostalgia, I finished Super Mario World. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, boy, that game is freaking hard. Yep. It's good, though, right? I'm going to say, at the time, I can understand why it was probably a big deal. Well, yes. Because, you know, it was doing interesting things. It was doing more persistence than had been done before, really, in video games on consoles. I think, you know, as a poster child for, hey, here's here's what we can do with games on console, I can see it was a big deal. Is it the best Mario game? No. (laughs) Like, I do not agree with that. I think Mario 3 was a better game. I think... I think New Super Mario Bros. U is a better game. What? I, I really like that one, in fairness. It does some... Like, it's super harsh with checkpoints in places. Which, if I'm not safe-scumming it, which I am, <laughs> I'm safe-scumming it within an inch of its life uh, towards the end of it. It's like... A, I just don't... I don't see how it was fun to play without doing that. So some of it is just so harsh. Some of the hitboxing feels wrong. Some of the... If you're if you're trying to, there are glitches like oh, like that are just unfair at times. Kamek is the worst, which which I'm so glad she's only in two levels. It's good. Don't get me wrong. I like I'm saying all these things like just to poo poo it from the top spot, but because I don't think it's the best Mario game. It, it's pretty great, but it is the trolliest, most annoying Mario that I've ever played. <laughs> Like there are so many ones where you jump in, you jump over one obstacle just to have like a fireball come out the floor exactly where you are, and you're like, "God damn it! I didn't know that was going to happen." 
I've got to mm. replay this level up to that point and do it again and know that that fireball is going to be there or that this thing is going to fall from the sky or that this ghost is going to spawn on my face. But, again, looking back, when this was released and the, the number of advancements this would have made for platformers, yeah, I can see why it was a big deal. It's just, we've gone, we've gone past this now. Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad I played it. I'm glad I played it to the end, for sure. But we're past this. <laughs> we're past Mario World. It's That's also true. making me think, think why like Mario Maker might have been such a hellscape to play because like all the all the trolley things that the original does well yes that's <laughs> kind of what happens that's why why Mary Maker turned into things you know Kaizo world or whatever turned into that, things <laughs> that was Kaizo Mario world was based on that game of Mario world so that was the original troll oh because it was a mod right it was a hack yeah, yeah of Mario world and that's where the, that's where half of those ideas came from. That then people took into Mario Maker and <laughs> continued the dream of making really <laughs> fucked up shit. We continue the dream. Uh, so how many are through now? That's what one, three. That's three. What are the other two? <laughs> you can't remember. Let's just leave. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of them was Valiant Hearts that Gnome and I have started playing. Oh, okay, that world was one as, thing. Uh, yeah, as a sort of casual thing, on the UbiArt engine yeah. thing. Uh, I don't want to talk about. It, I want to talk about it more when we finished it in fairness. Right. So I won't. I won't cover that uh, heavily here. Um, but I should. And in fairness, I don't have to talk too long about Sea of Thieves because there is way. I need to put way more time into it <laughs> because maybe you haven't even been able to get to the servers according to the most. Well, people. there was that. It had some launch problems apparently, as you do. Um, but uh, my experience has been fairly normal. It's been fairly okay. Um, I've not had too many issues, but not enough um, of it. But no, I've only I've only spent I've spent a, a couple of hours on my own, which is no way to play that game. No, it is yes. Dull as all hell on your own. Boring. Um, yeah, do not do that. The, the entertainment entirely comes from having another player in there you're talking to. And so the, the, at least in these first couple of hours, me and Kiffers have been playing it, him on the next. Okay, but I, I have to point one thing out at this point. I'm playing on PC. Yeah. He's playing on Xbox One X. And we're using the Xbox app to make parties and, 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 and organize the game and stuff. And the thing works flawlessly. What the amazing surprise! I know, but like cross-platform stuff, and it all just works, and the speech systems work. It's like, yeah, okay, it's an entire Microsoft ecosystem, but that was just kind of cool, right? The whole thing just hanged together. It's about time, yeah, that they fixed their party systems. Yeah, <laughs> after after like a console and a half, yeah, of it being complete shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it it just it just worked, no problems at all. It was great. Um, uh, so there's that. Um, so we had a, yeah we had a pretty seamless experience which is great which is kind of encouraging because that means that I, we could fairly easily get a four player system together <laughs> well you say that but who knows how much people will actually stick in yeah we'll see we'll see how we go <laughs> with it um, I mean I'm I'm already worried about the depth of this thing yeah and I've without spoiling my experience well I've already spoiled my experience a little bit but you know just the sentiment seems to be that as yeah. well that this is that this is a fairly decent platform. But it's just, there's just not enough there, which is what our worry was yeah. in, in the early days. Um, so I feel a little 
Well, I feel glad it's on Game Pass. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, apparently, a lot of people were glad it's on Game Pass. Yeah, that I haven't put down. Put <laughs> down the bones. Too many people were according to the servers. Yeah. So we'll see. I, you know, as I say, it's very early days. I don't know how it will pan out. I don't know how 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 much it will. It's an incredibly good looking game. No, I mean, I was thinking about like you know, I was interested to see how, what the actual final opinion of Kippers will be. I think it was it, uh, like like me. His, our early impressions have been we had a great time. These first well, few I mean, these he, first few hours have been hilarious. He liked the beaters, whatever as yeah. well. So yeah, you know. discovering how music sounds whilst drunk has been a very simple but very fine pleasure in that game. And just to, I mean, I don't think it has a lot of like intricate, like not like Breath of the Wild style. Hey, if you do this thing, it's going to be real interesting in this place. Yeah. Like there are certain things that are funny when you discover them, um, but uh, like it's figuring out how to use them might be the the struggle. Like, or if you could use them. Um, but like I was saying, it's an incredibly good looking thing. Um, like just when you're sailing, when you're out and about, and you just just take a few moments to examine that sea. Mm. That simulation is real nice. Well, they better get the sea right. <laughs> I know, but it's like it's really nice how does it interact with the boats I mean does it actually feel I mean like I've been waves? on the boat so I haven't really well, I guess that might be the I don't know actually because that's always the... it didn't feel off but I can't say I really was paying attention to this individual wave cause this individual force well yeah because that's the that's the one thing where like if it's not good enough it will just seem like you're just you're just gliding in a straight line not actually like riding the sea as it were I think it's a little bit too glidey Maybe from from that description, yeah, because they've made it relatively. And also the other the other classic problem with water and boats is when is the visual problem when you look at it and it's just like the model of the boat is clearly just cutting through the model of the waves. I think I think it's a little better than that. I think they I think there are some tricks going on though. In like I think that the like it's not like it's modeling rough seas specifically away from islands. Right. I think it's like the entire global model of what the sea looks like changes as you get close to islands. I mean, yeah, that kind of makes sense. So, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're not... So it's not like when you're on an island and you look out to sea, you see the rougher waters. Yeah. Right? It just looks like nice sea. And then you get out to sea, and then all you can see is rougher waters. <laughs> right? So it's it's sort of doing that sort of modification. Um, uh, I... I, I I guess going back to what we like opened the podcast with, it's like we, we've had some experiences with other players, but again, the general sentiment seems to be other players just immediately want to murder you, yep. despite the fact there is zero benefit to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, they immediately start shelling your or whatever. Your well, well we got we got attacked in the outposts, which are like the places where you hand in. Which actually well, seems that's like the, that's the trolling. I mean, that sounds like that might be a legitimate strategy because the first thing we noticed is like Kippers was like, "There's people on our boat. Our boat's moving." Yeah. I mean, okay, we're in trouble here. What and, and like, so I guess they get onto your boat to like try and steal your chests if you have any. But if you're on the outpost, you've probably already taken your chests to cash them in. So there's no point in doing that. It was quite funny that they immediately took our boat, put the sails down, and just steered it into the island. Well, yeah, that's what <laughs> that's what people say they do. No, no, it's like because oh, so when we put that, it's like oh, that's quite funny actually. We, so we had a moment of just like okay, that's quite entertaining, and then we had a brief fight with them in which we owned them. <laughs> uh, to the point where they just sort of eventually started running away. It's like, oh, or left us alone for a while. Mm. And it's like, that's fine. Um, but, we, you know, we, it, but that was the point where it just highlighted that it's like, there is no point to this, is there? There's no point. It's not like, like we make a big pirate group and all benefit from it. There's no point in us 
actually griefing each other because the chance of gaining is incredibly slim. Well, I mean, that's what the we... resources are, that are available are like cannibals and planks and yeah. bananas, and that's it. And you find those everywhere, so there's no need to raid for those. And it's like, so what, why? It's funny, but why do it? Well, I mean, that's what we said. It's fifty percent trolling and fifty percent because it's something you can do. Yeah, it's just a thing to do. Like, why would you start a fight? Well, because I have these fucking cannons. What else do I do with these cannons? <laughs> but because that could happen, what then that happened later on is like the the threat of it became more interesting than the actual event of it. If you see what I mean, we found these guys later on, and we think it was the same guys. Mm. Um, because they were near the same patch of water where we saw them before. They were just sort of floating around at sea, as it turns out, not really going anywhere, just in the middle of the ocean, just sort of hanging out. Mm. And we were like, okay, we're going to take a wide line because we don't want to get involved with those. We've got stuff to do. But that was sort of mildly interesting in itself. And yeah, having, having, it was nice having, like, because when you're sailing, you can sail by yourself, which is what makes me think that, you know, some of the sea physics aren't all that effective shall we say right um uh but you know you're, you're you're steering the boat a bit and then stepping away from the wheel to go look at the map to be able, like oh am i going in the right direction okay yeah i am let's go back to the wheel and adjust this slightly um yeah, you have to be way more cautious if you're sailing alone to be all like okay now i need to slow down well in advance because i'm not going to have someone else to manage my speed for me yeah. as soon as you get another person it's like all of that becomes a little bit easier because kipper's I tended to steer and Kipper's tended to watch the map and look for things and be all like, okay, you're, you need to go a little bit more south and it's like, fine, adjusted. Right. Uh, and I'd be like, oh, we're coming up on the port, like, can you slow me down a bit or can you drop the anchor and things like that? And it's like, suddenly that all got way easier to actually sail, but we're only sailing the sloop, which is designed for two people. Yeah. There's the four-person galley, which of course, that's what you want to do, but, but like, you really need a crew to manage. Um, it's not... Like you couldn't do it with two people, you could, but certain things are harder. Like raising the anchor is like it's designed for several people to be uh, winding that thing up because the anchor's heavier, yeah. the, so it takes longer unless you've got more people doing it. Or if you want to travel at speed, you should probably be taking advantage of the sail length and the sail angles, which require people to actually manage. And because the sails are bigger, the actual person steering the boat can't see as much, so you probably need to rely on your teammates to actually guide you a bit better if you're heading towards rocks and stuff. Um, so all of that sort of starts to make a bit more sense. Oh, and if you get into trouble, obviously it's a bigger boat, so like bailing out the water becomes way more of a hassle. Hmm. Um, but uh, but in the same breath, it's like I, I can't help but worry that maybe all that stuff is still too simple. Like I want it to be really hard to sail. I want it to be really conflict, really difficult. <laughs> but then for... it'd like be impossible to do anything else in the game. Yeah, but then that'd be half the fun. Like it, it's like. Quop proved that making something simple incredibly difficult is entertaining. I don't know if that as long as it's over, as long as it's something you can overcome, and it's like like having a four-person incredibly difficult thing that you need to then actually like work as a machine to. Like I want that, I want that act of sailing to always be a joy, right? And to do that, that has to always be a challenge, and I'm not convinced that will be true. Mm. I think it is overcomable. I think it is something you could get tuned. But then, in this, then again, I know what we're like, and that someone will just dick around at some point and will be like, hey, I need this sorting, and they won't. <laughs> They'll just stand there playing Ride of the Valkyries on an accordion. Or someone throws up on them. <laughs> so, see if thieves. They're, they're, they're like, yeah, what? 
way more to discover. I'm, I hope. But, <laughs> Hopefully, yes. But, but I'm not convinced there is at this no. point. Also, for, for as good as I think it looks, I think it could do with a few more animations in places. Like being drunk doesn't cause a noticeable animation to other other players see. Mm. Um, they just sort of look like they're moving around a bit weird. Um, uh, there's weirdly weird lack of speech. Like from characters. Well, that's because you're meant to be the ones talking through the microphone. I know, but like NPCs you meet in the world, oh, okay. they they will say like weird cut out phrases, but then they have a lot of text that they talk to you, um, uh, and you know they don't animate their mouths when they speak either, and things. You know, it's just just some stuff feels a little lacking around that side. Uh, I don't think the sound design in general is all that. I mean, C sounds nice, <laughs> as you think it should. It's got nice atmospherics, but yeah. Uh, Again, again, it just feels like there's not a lot to it. And some of the presentation, at least on PC, is a bit weird as well. Like, so you pull up the wheel to do emotes, and it's just written in the standard ass text what the emote <laughs> is. Do you know what I mean? It's almost it's not quite Arial or Times New Roman, but it might as well be <laughs> in terms of how that looks. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 so it's all a little all over the place, but there's definitely fun to be had. For now. For now. <laughs> Ask me done. I'm out. I'm out. Okay. Okay, that'll do it then for the for the Zarcast. Um first well, episode. Oh, just, yeah, just a no. random mention. Don't uh, go into it much. I just I, I finished all the side quests in Zelda, I played some oh, Dirt Rally Elite Championship thing with Jake. All the side yeah, quests in Zelda. Like yeah. Wow. Did you use a guide for that or did you actually find them all? <laughs> Uh, well, the side quests are like less obvious than the shrines. Well, to be honest, they're mostly at the. Um, I just had uh, to go back to every stables. single stables and <laughs> look around every stables because it has a counter, so you know. Yeah, uh, um, that's it. Yeah, after in the menu. Oh, oh, oh does that only appear finish. after you finish? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was about to say I've never seen that. Actually, I didn't do the stupid Xenoblade Chronicles. Like extra thing, although maybe I will do. Wait, that. there's a there's a crossover. Yeah, there's a crossover for some reason. Oh, weird. I don't know why they. Um. Anyway, but now I can now I can do the DLC. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Clearly. <clears throat> uh. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Dirt Rally. Anyway. What drew you back into Dirt Rally? Just I know. I just because it's good. Because well, it's good. That. And also, I was for some reason started watching car videos on YouTube. I was like, I should probably like. Play a racing game, but I want, one, I want one that drives really fast and and get a sense of speed out of rather than these track racing ones where you can't really tell you go 300 miles an hour. So I'll go for Dirt Rally where there's a tree right there, <laughs> and that seemed to sort of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And that did work. You, and and also the, the, the Dirt Rally where when you're going, you're terrified when you're going in a straight line <laughs> because the speed, car yeah. is like this car. The it's, setup of the car makes it super unstable if you're going at any kind of actual clip. <laughs> and the game actually accentuates that with that wind, extra bit of wind noise and things like that when you're traveling, traveling at speed. It's absolutely horrible going down a straight, yeah. and especially the in the Welsh not, like what map or whatever. Well, it's not like know. um. I, I always remember what is it Dirt Two. No, not even Dirt 2, Colin McRae 2. And it's like, we're the exact opposite. We get the Australia levels, which is a really bloody long straight. 
you just floor uh, it. a couple of points and you just floor it and you're like oh, this is this is the easiest track in the game <laughs> yeah yeah it's the exact opposite anyway um i think i might be able to beat the elite championship and get onto the last one but it all depends as always in like the guy who's ahead of you in the overall championship crashing randomly yep. <laughs> but it does seem to be good it did it did happen i think at one point so i, I think i've got a shot one one I've podiumed, but like, no, I've never won. won a championship. I don't think I always just squeak past in second, in third, yeah, <laughs> and get on to that. the next one. Yeah, it's it's annoying because it just means that like we've talked about it before, but it just means that every single bloody section lights up red, almost mm. always, and it's just like kind of annoying. But anyway, anyway, yeah, I, keep, I keep thinking I'll go back to that at some point. But, it's good, and now I can buy the actual cars. The, the actual ones like I, I'm, I'm, ones. Yeah. I'm in the 90s Subaru the 95 Subaru or whatever oh, cool. the, the classic yeah. Colin McRae car but I'm quite looking forward to I could buy straight away obviously but I'll finish this championship and then I'll get some kind of modern rally car I don't know which one to get get the Hyundai because it's weird <laughs> really? because <laughs> it's weird it has like quite a, a weird sounding engine for a start and it's like it handles slightly more weird than those other modern cars. I don't know why. Mm. Just so what is it? The Ford one is now like the Fiesta. It's no longer the Focus, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know if that's any good. It looks a bit weird. Yeah. The Hyundai was weird. Like it was slightly weird, and it was also like the pre-order bonus for Dirt Four. It's like oh. they they kind of knew that that was a weird car. Huh. <laughs> is it winning? Is that what it is? Well, that too, I guess. Yeah. It's, Doing quite well in the actual rack. Oh right, interesting. I'm I've been a bit surprised they didn't actually. I mean, I know Dirt Four was their focus, I guess, up straight afterwards. But a little surprised they didn't try some DLC for Rally. Well, I mean, they like more, like just more tracks, because that's what that thing always needed was just more tracks. Well, I mean, they did still add tracks, but yeah. it wasn't DLC. So yeah, but that, yeah. well, and that was during actual dev, right? Was when they put the tra- as they put the tracks yeah. in. I would like, definitely buy more like Rally. Um, you know, because I'm I'm not going doing loads of rallycross and Pikes Peak and stuff like this. I just want some more. I still ha- few... I still haven't done Pikes Peak. I haven't yeah, climb. no, me either. So I just want a couple more rally uh, um, stages, really. Um, yeah, I tried doing some of the rallycross, and the rallycross is good, but yeah, I, I would have preferred rallycross not to be there and it to just have twice as many rally tracks. <laughs> I don't think that's an equal trade. No, 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 it definitely You'd only get like no. one more environment from removing a rally cross. Yeah. Probably, that's true. Might, it might yeah. have been worth it in fairness. <laughs> I mean, it is dirt rally. But, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. No super special stages, are there? <laughs> well, that's not in actual rally. No, anyone, no. Right, so. no, that's not. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. They were sort of weird. They were yeah. weird. Yeah. They they were in Dirt Three, right? Super specials. Uh, yeah. I think they were. No, no, no. In three, they uh, they were in two. Mm. I mean, not that two yes. necessarily. Oh, had yes. yes, they were exactly stages in the classical sense. They're more like levels. <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure about three. Maybe that was when they phased out. But mm. I'm I'm not sure. Anyway, yes, Dirt Rally. Uh, it's good. Um, it's just. I have to play at the weekend because it's too like stressful to, <laughs> yeah. to play when you're tired. <laughs> because you you just have to concentrate really hard for six minutes, mm. and then at the end you're like, "Phew!" and you're like, "Okay, let's do another four minutes." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. 
<laughs> right, that's enough for this podcast. Uh, yeah, in, yeah uh, play some more Rob noise. Welcome to season nine. Uh, we'll catch you. Uh, there'll be probably some more videos available uh, on <laughs> our YouTube channel, but um, uh, we will we'll have to record them first. Yeah, in fairness. I can upload like, some more. Yeah, Zach, Zach, Zach series are, are helping us out during our malaise. Otherwise, malaise. Uh, well, check out some of Zach's videos, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks for another Sarcast. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>